What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Inhuman Performance Podcast, episode four. Today, I have Sydney Phillips. Sydney Phillips is a pro women's enduro racer and the overall winner of the Southridge series and good friend of mine for probably 15 years. Just kidding. It's like, it's more like, I don't know, what is it, like six years, five, six years, something like that? Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, I've, known, I've known you for a really long time. Uh, so thanks for coming. I, I appreciate you being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously I've known you for a while, but I don't really know why you got into mountain biking. Like what was, why, why not like tennis? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> why not tennis? Okay. Well, you know me and I'm a very like adrenaline driven person. And I feel like I need to be like, you drink Celsius all the time. I ride mountain bikes all the time. It's like, same thing, you know. <laughs> Respect. But I don't drink Celsius just for the adrenaline. I drink it for causing heart attacks. I'm just kidding. Celsius, <laughs> sure. if you're watching, I love this stuff. <laughs> she can attest to the fact that I drink like five of these a day. Not Too really. Many. I drink two a day, the limit that's on the can. I can be a brand ambassador. I mean, yeah, send it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I do. Yeah. So I do know, I, I do know what you're talking about. Like mm -hmm. since I met you, I kind of got the vibe that you're like a thrill seeking individual. Yes. And I was kind of waiting for that. I'm going to be totally honest. I was waiting for that to spiral out of control and <laughs> it hasn't yet. No, it but, hasn't yet. But I assume when you get your first very, very fast car, mm -hmm. we're going to have some problems. Oh, absolutely. Cause I drive a Tacoma now and I'm already yeah. like, all right, let's merge yeah. on the freeway. 40. Yes. <laughs> like, but yeah, we try our best. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no. Um, so what was like, why did you start mountain biking? Like what got you into it? So my mom's boyfriend, uh, a couple years ago, she was dating someone and he always rode mountain bikes. And my mom's also into mountain bikes. She started with motorcycles, mm -hmm. um, but it kind of like shifted into mountain bikes because that's more convenient because there's not motocross trails around here. So, I mean, tracks around right. here. So you just have to mountain bike to fill in <laughs> for motocross. Yeah. And um, so she did it a little bit. She never raced or anything, but then uh, her boyfriend actually did race. He did some downhill races and stuff. And he's actually the one who convinced me to be on the mountain bike team with the high school, the high school mountain bike team. Yeah. And they start it from middle school. So I started when I was in seventh grade and I've been doing it ever since. But um, for enduro racing, I just started doing that last year. And that actually started because of my coach, Bobby. He recommended it. For shout me. out to Bobby Langan. Yes, shout out. He's the best. He is He is the best. Um, Would not be here without him oof, at all. Yeah, same here. Even though I didn't end up really sticking with mountain biking and stuff, I do it for fun now and I mm -hmm. do it for training. I have learned so much from that whole experience of me racing mm -hmm. and just from Bobby in general. Like, mm -hmm. he, he's, he's a great guy. But... Um, yeah. So like, obviously we met on the mountain bike team, just for some background for the, uh, the audience here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I was really curious at what kind of got you from going to XC to like enduro slash downhill. So I've always loved downhill more than anything. Um, climbing is all right. I don't prefer it obviously, but when I was in like eighth grade, that's when I really started like enjoying downhill and I would go to snow summit and like do some runs there. And I've always just loved descending and like going fast, just going fast is the best feeling in the world. And I was always like right up there with the coaches on the mountain bike team. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of good at this. Maybe I should like stick with it. And then I just kept going to snow summit like every summer and kept getting better at my downhill skills and whatnot. And then 
last year I was it, I had the option to race cross country at uh, the Team Big Bear series or okay. to do enduro, and I was like, I don't really think I'm in shape to be doing cross country, especially with all the competition there. <clears throat> There's so many people that are my age that race cross country for like high schools and stuff, but since of COVID, the only option for racing cross country was the Team Big Bear series. So everyone was doing that. And I was like, I don't need that right now. Oh yeah. So it was like way steeper competition than usual. Yes. Yeah. There was so many fast people there and I was okay. like, I'm not ready for this right now. So I decided to go with enduro cause I was like, I like downhill and I'll figure it out. I knew nothing about it. I, I literally did not know anything. I didn't even know what enduro meant, but <laughs> I went and I did my first race and I ended up winning by like a minute in my class. I raced in the expert class for my first one and I won by like a minute and I was like, whoa, is this a thing? Like, is this going to be a thing that's happening now? <laughs> so that's pretty much how everything started off. That's yeah, that's pretty good. And I mean, I got to be honest, like when I met you on the team, I hated you for the first week. <laughs> Because you were faster than me going downhill. <laughs> and I was really pissed off about it. And you were giving me shit about it, too. Do <laughs> you, you remember that? I don't remember giving you shit for it. Yeah, we but... were we were doing... There's, like, a place around here called DV. I'm not, I'm not going to really name it. We were, do, we were doing a ride through DV. And you were like... You were like, yeah, I just, you know, casually crushing you on the descent. <laughs> you said something like that. You said some kind of, like... I, I don't know. It was really funny. It was, like, a low-key flex. But, yeah. <laughs> You, yeah, you said that to me, and, you're, and I was like, "Man, I really don't like you." But that obviously we became friends. So yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, yeah. You, I always knew you were a really good descender. Like you could kind of just tell. Like you have natural speed, and then if you like worked on technique, like you know, that's not even a question of you could be super quick. So thank you. Yeah, for me, I, I always knew that you know downhill was kind of going to be where you were going, even if mm -hmm. it was not full downhill. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I think enduro is a really good balance for you too because you you were like when you were like in really top tier shape, you mm -hmm. were putting out some pretty good power numbers and stuff. So trying to yeah, yes. for sure. Like I don't, I don't know what your watts per kilogram ended up being or whatever. But honestly, that doesn't even really matter that much. But I don't even know. Yeah, like I I think I hit like a four point eight watts per kilogram. I definitely did not have that. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> so I know that sounds crazy, but like when you see some of the top tier guys, like they're doing crazy. Numbers. Oh my God. Six Watts per kilogram is like the I, goal for I, some of the pro guys. I it's like, dude, even imagine. Like, yeah. How do you get to six? Like it took me over a year to get to 4.8 or 4.7 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, there's no way I could, I think there is a way, but I think it involves a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, what's funny. I think, I think one of the other things that really suits you more about enduro racing is the fact that it's not like, it's a different kind of try hard. Mm -hmm. Like the XC people, and I raced XC, so I can trash it all you I want. You know how it is. Oh, I know how it is. <laughs> they are so sweaty. Like everyone is really, <laughs> oh, they're so sweaty. <laughs> no, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like these people take it so seriously. Oh my God, it's and, insane. And there's it's no insane. room for fun. Mm -mm. Like, and, and the cool thing about enduro and like downhill and stuff is like, there's still room for fun. Like, obviously you want to be in great shape and you want to mm -hmm. be doing all this stuff, but you get to have more fun. Yes. And totally. I, I didn't have a lot of fun at the XC races when parents were yelling at their kids to go faster. They disown them. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a big fan of that. No, no but, it's not but yeah, fun. you know that there are, I, I'm, I know that, you know, that there were parents who would do stuff like that and that Un it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's and it's crazy. But so I, I, I wasn't really surprised when you switched to enduro, and I was like, I'm glad you're doing something for your skill set. Like, yes. But yeah, that's that's a cool cool transition story. How did Bobby get you into it? What did he just mention it? 
So I told him, I was like, I don't want to race cross country. I don't think I'm ready for it. He knew, he knew I wasn't ready for it. He was <laughs> yeah. on training me. He, he sees knew, your power. <laughs> yeah. He knew I wasn't. Yeah. It was not the time for that. And his son, Bobby Jr. actually races enduro and he does a lot of crazy race. Like he's done a bunch of EWS races, all the California enduros. Like he's a great racer. He's been doing it for a long time. And so he, they both kind of like talked about it and they recommended it to me. Like, well, if you're not going to do cross country, just do enduro. Cause he wanted me doing some sort of race because it's like, what are you training for if you're not going to race? Mm-hmm. So I did the enduro race and I fell in love with it. And then my entire life just changed just like that. After that first race dedicated, like pretty much my whole life, I formed everything I did around racing and training for it. And it's cause it's, it's different. It's kind of similar the training, but it is definitely different than just cross country. Uh, yeah. And again, I think it's more of that fun aspect, right? Yes. Like, cause you're yes. not like I, and you can speak to this. Mm-hmm. There are no people racing cross country who are excellent descenders. You know that. Well, there are some. There, there are, but I mean, like, generally speaking from the leagues out here, like, most of them are not yeah. great descenders. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. there were a couple anomalies and stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, there were some really fast guys on the downhill, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, there and there were some dudes in our group who were pretty quick, too, mm-hmm. but, like... But they're not focusing on that. Correct. They're like, not, like, putting in the effort to get more skills to do that. Right, so it was basically just if they were naturally fast or, you know, willing to do yeah. dumb stuff, like... Yeah. But yeah, I think um, I think more of that is also being able to work on fitness and technique. It's mm-hmm. it's more mm-hmm. of like a less suffering, I guess, or you know, less directed <laughs> suffering because you still suffer just as much in endurance, yes, especially yes. if you crash. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can. My nails broken right now because of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the one. I, I don't know. I tried doing like enduro for like a week. I tried riding enduro for like a week. Yeah, I did. I borrowed a bike when I was working at the bike shop. I borrowed a bike. Oh and, my God, I forgot. About yeah, that. yeah. And I, and I borrowed a bike and I was trying to ride enduro and I was like, yeah, look at me, bro. I'm so sick. And then I was like, you know what? I don't really want to know what happens when I crash. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. not pretty. Well, because like I, you know, I rode moto for a really long time. Yeah. And so like I know what bad crashes are. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. At, especially at like high speeds. Totally. on a motorcycle. Totally. And, and there's more weight. And if you get hit by the bike, it's yeah, like a whole other problem. Yeah, no. But yeah, so I knew, I knew that that wasn't some. That was why I got into mountain biking was mm-hmm. to eliminate some of the risk of injury yes, from motocross. Yes, and yes. because it's far away. It's hard to do out here. Yeah. But yeah, t- I wanted to eliminate some of the injury. And I was like, you know what? Enduro is not really not really worth it for what I'm trying to do right now, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's, it's so much fun. Like it's, it so it's fun. so much fun. And if you're, you know, really focused on enduro, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't tell you to do anything else. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I'm going to stick with that for now. No, you totally should. <laughs> you to- and, and you know, like in hindsight, you could totally train to, you know, mitigate injury risk. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, I, I worked with uh, Chris Thomas. He's a former NFL player. I used mm-hmm. to work with him when I was a kid and he would do a lot of hand eye coordination training and a lot of like, like speed drills and stuff like that. And, and the more and more that I think about it now, like looking back, that really prevented a lot of injury, like Mm -hmm. that training of what to do in fast situations and just muscle reaction and stuff. Mm -hmm. So helpful. Yeah. And if you can focus on that on a mountain bike and if you can get some kind of like technique sessions going, you're good to go. I don't, I don't think the risk is that high to be totally fair. It's Mm -hmm. probably equally as high as something else. The consequences are just a little more dire. Yeah. What a lot of people don't know also is not only do you have to be good at like doing technical stuff, you also have to learn how to crash properly. Yeah. So you can't go like straight head into the ground. You have to like find a way where in those couple seconds where you're in the air and you're like, 
what am I going to do? I'm going to go on the ground. Like, what am I supposed to do? So yeah. there is a technique to crashing. As totally. Well. Oh my God. I mean, you know, in moto and stuff that, that was one of the things I worked on with trainers is like just learning how to crash. Yeah. And like, if you're going to have, if you're going to have a problem, what to do Yeah. or like, you know, if your back wheel gets a little off then, you mm-hmm. know, just pin it and try and get out of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, we, it's, I think that should be a focus for everyone who rides is just what to do when shit gets south. Yeah, like, when the shit hits the fan, what are you going to do? Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask you about your, your race season this year. Like, what do you have planned? You know, do you have anything going on right now? Uh, yes, I do. So right now I'm doing a couple smaller races kind of just for fun to like throw it in there. Like, uh, last weekend I was at bootleg in Nevada and that was a fun little like wake up call. (laughs) Just, it kind of showed me like where I'm at. And as much as it, I suffered through it a little bit, I, it was really helpful to show me where I'm at and what I need to work on more. Um, that was a great place to show me where, cause it's super technical. So I, and there's technical climbs as well. And that's not something I'm used to with the smaller races that I've been doing. Um, cause I haven't really done anything super big picture yet other than doing nationals last year. That was like the biggest race I had. And, um, so I did that one. And then this weekend, um, I'm doing, a race in Fontana, just a downhill race. So it's not going to be super, anything that I need to practice like super crazy for. So I'm just going to head up on Saturday after practice with the team. And then I'll do a couple laps and see how that goes. But I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have some big competition there as well. The Irish national champion of downhill is going to be there. I know that for sure. Um, so she'll be there. She's really nice. Um, so it'll be fun to hang out. But, um, and then there's this other girl who was at bootleg racing downhill and I think she'll be there as well. So I'll have some nice competition for downhill. Um, but then other than that, I just joined a new team. I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to announce it or not, but it's Bobby Jr.'s team. I won't announce anything else really about it, but it's his team. We have, we're working with a bigger gear company, which I'm super excited about, Um, so he's going to be kind of guiding me through the season this year and he's registering the team as a like California Enduro team for that race series. So I'm going to be doing a majority of those races. And then I have a couple of big mountain Enduros kind of in there as well. Sprinkled. Yes. Sprinkled in there, (laughs) but all those ones are like across the country. So I'm not, I'm definitely not focusing on that, um, at all, but I wanted to do a couple in there just to see how that goes. Cause those ones are a little bit gnarlier with the like terrain and whatnot. So I wanted to kind of get that under my belt as well. For sure. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a cool thing. I didn't know that you had anything going on with the team. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. That's really exciting. That's Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, uh, really didn't expect anything less. I saw, I saw you, uh, hitting the throttle with the Enduro and I was like, yeah, I, I could totally see this and I'm glad it's working out for you so far. Thank you. And as far as the competition goes, it might be steep. And and also I wanted to speak on the fact that you said it was an eye-opening experience. Mm-hmm. I totally respect that. And those are the worst days. Like I've had so many of those like doing jujitsu, mm-hmm. you know, cycling, whatever, mainly jujitsu because it's, you know, very, very physical yeah. and you're basically up against another human trying to strangle you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like those eye-opening days are the most important days. You learn so much from those and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like they might suck, but when you get to look back at it, you're like, man, I, I changed my whole game because of this. Like yeah. I saw a hole in my game and I fixed it. I patched mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. So yeah, that's really important. And, you know, even though it sucks, just kind of 
learn from it. Don't. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. That's the only thing I can really say. I know when I was in that moment, I was so frustrated and so angry that I was like, even in that situation. And I was like, I'm never coming back here again. I'm not doing this anymore. Like I was so frustrated. And then just like the day after I was just kind of thinking about it and like, I got so up in my head about it. Like, this is what's happening now. I'm not doing good. I'm feeling horrible. Like, I was just so frustrated. But once I was out of that headspace and able to, like, think about it and reflect on the whole situation, it was a great experience that I had. And I just know that I need to work a little bit harder now. Yeah, for sure. I'm really grateful that I had that experience. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. They are the worst, though. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely are. Yeah. Definitely. In the moment, it feels like the whole world's like ending. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and, and as far as, you know, training and conditioning and stuff, I know Bobby will take care of you. But, you know, mm-hmm. any other stuff, as, as you know, I do some pretty cool work uh, working with athletes and stuff. So I'm always here to help you out. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and so I, I was going to ask you some things you wanted to work on. I would assume that fitness is probably <laughs> up there right now. Yes, it definitely is. I've had a couple setbacks this year with, I started out the year getting my wisdom teeth out. Um, like it was in December, I think, but I got my wisdom teeth out. So I was off the bike for a week, which is a lot for me. Cause I'm used to riding like four or five days a week. So it was a big deal. Yeah. And so after that, I was a little, I was definitely out of shape more. And that was at the beginning of the season too. So I still wasn't like in tip top shape. Um, so there was that. And then I got COVID at the beginning of the year and that was just not fun at all. I was yeah. only sick for like one or two days, but the recovery after it, like my lungs were feeling super tired. And then, um, after that I had the race this weekend and then I was just feeling like super fatigued after all that, like practicing, racing, walking around. So it's been a rough start to the year, yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, from this point on, there's nothing it's else just in my up. way. It's so just, just up from yes, here. Yeah. We're only up from here. Yeah. <laughs> can't, there's nothing else that can happen. We're, yeah. It's happening. We're For going sure. fast now. <laughs> For sure. When I, when I was cycling, I got my wisdom teeth taken out too. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because I was in literally the best shape of my life, like yeah. cardio wise. I was emaciated oh, and I looked gosh, terrible, but like I, my cardio was incredible. Mm-hmm. I may have weighed like 20 pounds, but like <laughs> I, I was, in, it was really great. And, and I went and got it done. And, and my surgeon, when I got up, like mm-hmm. I got up and I was like, fine. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like loopy. I wasn't none of that. Like I got up and I was like, I'm ready to go. Like, what are we doing here? And he was like, Hey man, like, I just want to let you know, I almost pulled you out. And I was like, why? He's like, your heart rate was so low. Like it was super oh, no. low. He's like, you were at like less than, you know, 10 beats per minute. And I was like, really? <laughs> He's like, how is that even possible? Well, because the anesthetic, it like really, really slows everything down. <laughs> Are you sure it was 10? It was, That's like on the verge of death. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this was like years ago, but it was under 20. That's all I remember. It was like under 20. Under 20. Yeah. But That's I'm, insane. I'm pretty sure he said at one point that it got to like 10. So, but he was like, I, I, but you told me you were a cyclist. So, you know, I, I figured you're, you know, you were really well conditioned or whatever. And I was like, yeah. So not that well conditioned. No, I, well, I mean, he, he's like, you generally, he, he said that like he checked for some things to make sure I was doing okay. And he's like, everything was fine. So like, you know, my, at that, at that point, my resting heart rate was like low forties. What? Yeah. Like it was pretty low. 
Nice. I had I had a super low heart rate. Like okay, we'll go off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I was a little worried about that when he told me after. Um, and COVID too. I just had COVID. Like oh my god, like everyone is a getting... week and a half or two weeks yeah, ago. That's, yeah, that's pretty much when I had. Oh it. my god, it was terrible for me. It's, yeah, it's I had. I I worked with some doctors and I got on some drugs that really helped clear everything up. But I got pneumonia too. Oh my gosh, you used to have such problems with that. I oh, I can't believe you remember that. But yeah, so no, you weren't at school for like weeks. Yeah, yeah. I so for people listening, ever since I was a kid, I've had pneumonia like every year. It's pretty yeah. bad, and it hits me hard. COVID and pneumonia at the same yeah. time. But what's weird is like I don't know since training, since training, like since cycling and since doing jujitsu and being in really good shape. Mm-hmm sick you know being sick hasn't really been that bad mm-hmm. like it's yeah, been it's been a lot that's better what I experience as well it's been a lot better for me like I I used to be in way worse shape mm-hmm. so like what was really trippy is I got hit super hard with COVID like mm-hmm. it hit me out of nowhere like one day I just had a really shitty workout mm-hmm. and I was like something's not right and I went out that night super late got home I was like I don't feel good like something's wrong mm-hmm. went to bed next day I woke up fever you know the whole deal I didn't lose my taste though or anything. I didn't either. Yeah, everyone always complains about that. That's not real. It's 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 fake. Maybe it's like the new variant or something that's just different. <laughs> I don't know. It might be, but I'm actually gonna go get blood work and see what variant I had. So mm, yeah, I'll, I want to know if it's uh, Omicron or you know Delta or whatever. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling it was probably Delta because it was really really bad. Because I've tested positive for COVID before. Uh-huh. Like I had another PCR test or whatever, and I tested positive. So. I'm not really sure. I want to know what variant I had. The last one, the first one I had wasn't bad at all, but this one was way worse. Hmm. Yeah. So, but anyway, like, yeah, I I had pneumonia and my, I'm still like recovering from that. Like it's super wicked, but I bounced back really quick. Like after I got a hold of those things Mm -hmm. and I was taking them next day, I was fine. Are you allowed to say what drugs they were? I can. Yeah. (laughs) Did you do the whole like Ivermectin Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. I'm not giving any medical advice. If you have any medical advice, you need to consult your doctor. If you want to know anything, just consult your doctor. Please do not hesitate to consult your physician. Uh, This is what I've done personally, and I just wanted to relay that experience to you all. Um, Yes, I took ivermectin. Uh, Yeah, I took took ivermectin. Uh, I took a um, Z-pack, azithromycin for people out there. Uh, And I'll say this. I spoke to a few doctors on what to do because I, I ended up getting pretty bad yeah. pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I, I want to take a pack because I'm really worried that I'm going to get pneumonia or that I already have it. And they're like, yeah, from the data we've seen, it actually makes it worse and, you know, whatever. And I was like, OK, uh, I'm just going to get it anyway. And so I got prescribed a pack and they also prescribed me uh, prednisone, okay. and, which is like a steroid. Mm-hmm. And I was literally fine the next day. It was, it was so strange. Like, and again, I'm not giving any medical advice. I'm not trying to relay any, you know, misinformation here, Mm -hmm. but for me as a personal experience, it was so crucial. Like the next day I was fine. I mean, I was running like 103, 104 degree fevers, Mm -hmm. like super bad. My, I couldn't breathe. Like it was super wicked. Mm -hmm. And I was like loopy from how high my fevers were. Like I didn't even, I couldn't answer questions or whatever. Yeah, it was really bad. And then out of nowhere, I just started taking these drugs and you know, I was totally fine. Super weird. And I tested negative two days later. What? Yeah. So after taking the drugs, the next day I felt fine. And then two days later I tested negative. Wow. Yeah. So again, not any misinformation going on here, but, um, yeah, it was, it was really, really eye opening for me because, you know, personally I've heard like all this stuff about, Oh, you can't 
listen to the people who talk about these drugs yeah. or whatever. And like even the doctor that I spoke to about ZPAC and taking it to prevent pneumonia, he was like really freaked out about it. Yeah. He, was, he was like not okay with it. But then, uh, you know, personal experience, I was great. I did well. So not saying everybody's well, if, it, if it works for you, then do it for sure. And I'm not saying it, it'll work for everybody, but you should definitely do some more thinking about some of the stuff if you get COVID or whatever, because mm-hmm. I think it can be treated pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you do anything when you got COVID? No, I didn't. I wish I would have. I was researching a bunch of stuff, um, but I never actually like went to the doctor or anything. I kind of just waited it out. I, I know that fevers are like good for you to like fight off whatever. Yeah. Fevers are like, it's important to have the fever cause it's there for a reason. Yeah. And it's like trying to, I learned about this in anatomy, but I'm not going to remember what no. it actually does, but it like does something to the virus yeah. that like st- helps it fight off, fight it off or whatever. You're like, T cells or whatever. Yeah. It's but, just an immune um, response and you're releasing specific metabolites yeah. that kind of target the virus and yeah. the replication site. So I kind of just waited it out all day, but then my fever was just getting so bad. I was like, no. So then I just took Advil and then it, my fever broke and I was pretty much fine. Like two days later. Wow. So I, yeah, I, I wish I don't know how that worked, <laughs> but I wish my experience was that good. <laughs> Mine was so bad. I was locked in my room for like six days. My parents were like oh, not letting me out. Yeah, it was crazy. My mom was like hugging me. I was like, mom, I have COVID. Like, stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, she was social distancing from everyone and everything. But she was like, I just feel bad. And I'm like, I have COVID. Don't be hugging me and stuff. So yeah. I would try to like distance myself from her. But she was like, I just need to hug you. That's really funny how different our parents are <laughs> because my mom was like, Oh, I felt Don't so. Don't talk to I, me. She's like, I felt so bad that you were sick, and I'm like, is that why you told me to stay in my room? Like, <laughs> no, but obviously, well, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, obviously, that. you know, obviously, I'm joking, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was kind of funny how that. That's uh, pretty different. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't get her sometimes. She <laughs> <laughs> does strange things. Yeah. Me too. Um, <laughs> as far as goals go for 2022, do you have any like particular goals like in, in life, not just in racing? Particular goals. Um, well, I, I love meeting new people through racing. So of course that's one of my main goals. Meet more people, sponsors, anyone, whatever. Sponsors, yeah. <laughs> yeah sponsors. More sponsors. Sponsors yeah. would be nice. Yeah, yeah. But I got some good ones, so I'm very happy with what I have right now. Definitely. But um, meeting new people is always great. I've met so many great friends and other racers that have really helped me out with my racing journey. So, I mean, meeting new people is always a a goal of mine. Um, but I mean, in real life, I'm graduating high school this year. So that's a great goal to graduate high school. For sure. <laughs> it's looking good so far. I was going to, um, I was going to say, I, I, yeah, I know, I know you, you study pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. It's looking good for me, but, yeah. um, I mean, having good grades and everything is always important. Definitely. Um, so there's that. And, of course, for racing, I'd love to get on some podiums at these bigger races. Um, I'm actually going to be racing in, like, U21 classes, so I'm not going to be racing people twice my age like I did at Nationals, which was horrible. That's pretty bad. Yes, it was not fun at all. <laughs> but um, I'll actually be racing people my age, which is super exciting. So I it'll be, like, a better comparison. Yeah, for sure. It, well, it just kind of lets you know where you're at, like for yes. the people it, it's like yes. in, in jujitsu, like you can roll up against a guy who's like two or 300 pounds, which you do sometimes mm-hmm. cause they come to class Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> or you could, you know, do it with somebody the same weight, same mm-hmm. height, you know, whatever. And yeah. 
and it's more of a level playing field. Yeah, definitely. And then it really comes down to like skill and technique and how yes. hard you train, which yes. is great because that's where it pays dividends. Like that's how you know you did what you were supposed to do in your off season mm-hmm. or, you know, just leading up to the competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But th- no, those are some good goals. Uh, congrats on graduating high school this year. <laughs> Thank you. That's, I'm that's looking cool. forward to it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it, that was a, a weird experience for me because I did the drive by graduation. I don't know what you guys are doing this year, but I don't think we're doing a drive by. I don't think so, because I think you guys I, I know that the year before last year, I know that they actually got a real graduation. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll have to wear masks and everything and it'll be outside, but it's usually outside. So I think it'll be, it'll be fine. Honestly, if I'm just in person with all my classmates and everything, I just, I'll be happy. I don't really care how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, no, we, we missed out on all the senior events and like all this stuff. And then I, I I swear to God, I think, and some, someone said I was maybe wrong about this, but I thought there was like a parent on Facebook trying to raise money for like a proper graduation or I think there was, I feel like I heard about that. Okay. Or a prom or something. Yeah. 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 I've heard about that. No one in the class heard anything about it. I'm pretty certain that they raised a lot of money. I, yes, I heard about okay. that. I heard about and that. And I think they just ran away with the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it like a student that put it on or something? Like I don't know. Their parents or something? I think it was one of the student's parents from what I remember. But um, yeah, I, I I distinctly remember them having a sum about $10,000 yes, and then I they just took that. the money. I okay, so that. I was right. Okay. Yes, you were Somebody right. said I was full of it. I was like, I don't think so. I remember this on Facebook or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. But, you know, I mean, I already went, to, I went to prom junior year, so I was lucky in that That's sense. That's good. Which, which is funny because, like, I maybe know two or three people out of my, like, you know, I had a decent sized friend group in mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. I, I only knew like two or three people who went to prom junior year. So like, really? yeah. So like that everyone, everyone so else bad. like missed out on prom. There was like a lot of people who missed out on prom. Yeah. And yeah. that's like, that's the only time you're ever going to have that in your life. It's so unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, or we could do a prom when we're all 25, <laughs> but that'd <laughs> be a little your, like reunion or whatever. Yeah, Just have a prom to make up for it. Oh my God. The high school reunion is going to be crazy. <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> yes, even, it is. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I'm probably not even going to go, to be honest. What? Come on. Why do I want to see the people that I like? I don't know. I'll probably go. I'm I'm joking. But yeah. (laughs) No, I don't know. I just, I always think high school reunions are kind of awkward. Like, I mean, I'm sure they are, but like, well, I've always heard, like you always hear stories like from like my parents or whatever. They were like, yeah, there was this guy that no one talked to. And then out of nowhere, he's rich and has like a yacht. And it's (laughs) like, well, don't you want to see who in your graduating class is going to randomly become rich at this rate? It's probably me. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, I hope it's me. I, you know, we, we were definitely hitting the grindstone. You're on the right track. I was hitting the grindstone straight out of high school. Like yeah, I, I was, know you were. Yeah. You've always been doing stuff. Like I have. 10 million things all yeah. the time. You're just doing things. Which is hilarious. And uh, you can probably attest to this. When I tell people the stuff that I do in a day, they're like, yeah, this guy's it's full of it. It's unbelievable. This guy's it's, full of it. But it's... No one believes me. It. When I tell people, I'm like, hey, yeah, I, I just got back from jujitsu. I was working and I was, you know, doing this business that I run. It's a surf wax business. They're like, yeah, yeah this guy's so full of it. He's no just way. making shit up. Like, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, I don't know. That's always been kind of funny. Um, yeah. So I wanted to get back on the racing. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. We went on a little tangent. Yeah, but it's normal. It's a podcast. <laughs> yes. This is how we do it over here. This is yeah. professionalism at its finest. Oh, okay. Um, so... <laughs> When did you like for mountain biking in general, like when did you decide you wanted to race? Cause like, obviously you can join the team and you can just call it a day. And a lot of people did like mm-hmm. a lot of people just got on the team and were like, I'm just going to show up to practice twice a week or yeah. once a week or whatever. But what made you want to race? Well, honestly, I didn't really like want to race, but the, (laughs) 
the cross the team at the high school, everyone made such a big deal like races, we're all gonna go, it's gonna be a great time, we're all gonna hang out and have dinner and yeah. do it. And it's just like it was like a thing that you had to do, but it wasn't mandatory, but it was like you had to do it. Yeah. So if you're going to practice, it's like what are you going to practice for really like training hard if you're not going to race? So, yeah. and all your coaches are motivating you like race, race, race. To, like, yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. You, know, you understand. You understand because yeah. you've experienced it firsthand with me. <laughs> I remember, I remember when I got, well, they, they push you so hard, like in the, in the lower groups. Yes, and but that's, it's, it's kind of a good thing though. No, of course. I'm not talking bad about that at all. Like, but when I got into Mike's group and, and we started, Mike's group is different. And when we started, <laughs> Mike's group is different. He, when, he was amazing though. I oh, he's, him. I love Mike. He's love great. Mike so um, much. yeah. Like when, when I got into his group, he was like, we did the trainers for the first time oh, and yes, the pain came. Oh my God. And so we <laughs> yes. got, we got into the, the trainers at the shop, at mm -hmm. the bike shop. And he was like screaming at me, mm -hmm. get your heart rate higher. Like, Watts, Watts. Oh my God. He was going off. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was. He's a great motivator. He is. No, he really was. The more and more I think about it, I'm like, I wish I had like a mic sitting next to me at my jujitsu matches. Yes, I really wish I totally. did. And like, I love being screamed at in a good way. Not yeah, like a, yeah, I understand yeah, that. You know totally. what I mean? I, I like it. it. It really motivates me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so I, I always thought it was really, obviously we kind of talked about it a little bit, but I thought it was really interesting and, and kind of like good that you've raced so many different things. Mm -hmm. I think it gives you a really unique perspective, you know, racing cross country, enduro, oh, and then, and then dabbling and sprinkling in some downhill. Sprinkling <laughs> what, what has doing all of those, like racing all of those types of mountain biking, has that done anything for you? Do you think? So much, honestly, I love I just love the whole environment and mindset of being at a race. And a lot of the times I don't usually get anxious about the race until I'm in the start gate. So the whole weekend I'm kind of just like flailing around doing whatever. But once I get in the start gate, it's like nothing compares to the mindset you're in when you're about to start a race yeah. when you're or like especially a downhill race because it's like one run and you're done. Like that's you only get one chance and it's. There's nothing comparable to a mindset like that where it's just like you're going and you're going to push as hard as you can for however many minutes the race is. Um, it's just like such perfection. And there's a part of me that's a perfectionist that is obsessed with that feeling. Just like you have to do it perfect. And when a run goes smoothly, you cross that finish line and it's like, wow, I just did that. Yeah. You've always been a perfectionist, actually. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Thank you. since I met you, yeah, you're, you're like, oh my God, you always had a clean bike. You always like, yeah, I, I could tell, I could tell, but yes. no, I, I, um, I think that, I think the more races you do in mountain biking and the more you understand about the discipline, I think the better off you are. And so mm -hmm. I think you have an advantage in that sense. Like, I don't think everybody started doing XC. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that I started with cross country because it totally prepared me for, um, enduro racing and they're similar in a lot of ways, but also not really. But I think without cross country racing, I don't think I would be the racer that I am today. So no, for sure. I'm definitely I, grateful for that. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, well, like with cross country, you know, you have like more time to strategize. It's really, it's yes. all about like, really it's about pack intelligence. Like you yeah. kind of have to recognize where you are, when to make moves, mm -hmm. when to attack. Yeah. And it's like drafting and yeah, up the hills and for sure. And it teaches you like, you know, top tier fitness and what that's like. Mm -hmm. And then that translates really well to enduro because if you're yeah. in great shape and you just up your power a little bit, yeah. you know, that's great. And then the, the downhill aspect kind of teaches you like, you know, 
full stop. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not, we're not slouching. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it's kind of the same for Enduro too, but I mean, it's just another aspect. It's more extreme, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, again, I, I think you're, you're doing the right thing by switching up the discipline. Thank you. And and it keeps it exciting too. doing a bunch of different races. Oh like, my God. Yeah. It's, totally. It really does keep it exciting because they're so different. So it like requires your brain to be doing 10 different things. It's like, wait, what am I racing right now? Right. And it's, so I feel like it's just good for like working your brain to deciding like what, what you're riding, like how you're riding. I think I would have burnt out a lot less quickly if I had switched up disciplines. Mm-hmm. Like I know I was trying to avoid injury and whatever. And yeah. like, I was just busy in general and I didn't really, I couldn't really commit a hundred percent to mountain biking. Cause mm-hmm. I, I wanted to do computer science and stuff yeah. and that takes a lot of time. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I like, I wish I had done more than just road biking and cross country mm-hmm. because I think I would have burnt out a lot lot yeah. less fast like you were getting up at like four o'clock in the mornings and th- that gets old real quick i was because i wanted to ride before school or because i was yeah. like you know i was just trying to plan stuff out so mm-hmm. i could do two rides in a day and yeah. make sure i like recovered really well yes, and yes and you know like i would do i did weightlifting sessions like on top of all of that to try yeah. and increase my power and, and it works like i was in great shape mm-hmm. I, my power was really good mm-hmm. uh, i think my peak watts was like 1500 and i i weighed like 165 mine's like half that uh, oh I, but i i was always a thick boy you know what i'm saying like yes, I, I was I, know you're a thick boy. I was always a power guy when we did the crits and stuff like when we did the crits with the team that was my jam oh yeah i yeah. remember you were always at the front with all the fast people yeah yeah i think i i don't know obviously they're not really races but i, I mm-hmm. like i got well, it is kind of a race. It's like an interval. A interval interval is basically a race. True, but I mean, it's not like, you're, you know, you're going against your teammates. It's yeah, not like, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? But that's like, still like a competition mindset. Like you need to stay with them. Like for falling sure. behind is like. Oh my God, yeah. I took it more seriously than most races actually. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Well, no, but I mean like, you know, it's I, I could just sit here and flex like, yeah, I, I got first <laughs> in a couple of them, but like it doesn't really matter to me. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I was... I, I loved the team that we had, like the varsity team, even though it was a little toxic with some of the people like and I'm not I'm not trying to talk bad. I'm just stating facts that everybody knows yes. who was there. Yes. Uh, but it was a little bit toxic, but it was really competitive. And that's what I really liked mm-hmm. about it, because it kind of pushed me to new heights. Yeah. And totally. like, you know, we had everyone. Everyone was cool with each other. Like no one was really like super mean or anything mm-hmm. not to your face at least that's facts <laughs> that's facts <laughs> but but you know we were all really competitive and, and respectful we didn't really want each yeah. other to get hurt yes like, yes yes and i, I think They're, that's the everyone's pretty good about that on the team yeah like, and i think that was care of each other that was the most important thing because obviously you're gonna argue or you know get into scuffles with your competition yes, or whatever absolutely. it's just you know and the team you can call it a team but we're not really strategizing to get people to win races do you know what i mean like how they do it with road biking, they like set up a guy, like a sprinter or whatever to win certain stages. Oh yes, like working together to r- win the races. Well, I feel like we yeah. started working on that more up like in the higher groups and like Bobby's group and stuff. But yeah. before that, there wasn't a whole lot of like strategizing like that. When I was in Bobby's group, we started, me and Ito, Ito and I started working on, you know, like what to do. Cause we had similar power levels. He had mm-hmm. more experience in races than yeah. I did. And we were trying to like, help each other get to the front and stay at the front. And mm-hmm. him and I started to strategize I, and more people started to do it around the same time. So, and I, I think that's really, really important and they should definitely continue that trend if they're not like, yeah. or, or, you know, if they are, please continue it. Cause it's mm-hmm. really helpful. Keeps you friendlier with your teammates. Yeah. So yeah, but no, it's uh, 
Yeah, I, I loved Bobby's group. Bobby's group was great. Super competitive. I yes. loved it. Yes. I Yeah, I love me some good competition. Yeah. Nice. And what what like what would you say your experience is on, on the bike team, the, uh, you know, the NP bike team? I would say mine was pretty good. I just want to make that clear mm-hmm. right now. I'm not, yeah. not talking trash on anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Um, my experience overall is good. <laughs> okay. I didn't mean to hesitate like that. But um, overall, it's been good. It was during the COVID year, it was interesting because it got like political with oh yeah because we had to wear masks when we were riding at practice i had to do i was coaching at the time so yeah oh yeah well you were in the the lower group so weren't you because you weren't in bobby's group no well i was gonna help out with bobby's group but he didn't need the help so i just i coached uh i I think i don't know whose group i replaced somebody's group it was Mm -hmm. like pete's level group Uh, yes 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 i remember that wasn't it greg Yes, it was Greg. I replaced Greg. That yeah. was probably fun. Uh, yeah. Well, what was funny, uh, sorry to interrupt, but the first day of practice I got there, mm-hmm. there were like 20 people in the group. And I was like, oh, yeah, we got a big group coming this year. Yeah. I'm going to help get these kids ready for some races. <laughs> Next day, there were four. But, yeah, no, they, that, that <laughs> never stays. That's the same thing with our group now. Everyone left. Mm-hmm. I was so surprised. I was like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to train these four people to go. There was somebody that, you know, and and I'll mention it later, but there was somebody, you know, and he was like, he was like, man, I like you. I like being on the team because you, you're really cool. It's cool Mm -hmm. talking with you. You're funny, whatever. And I was like, thanks, man. And we were, we had, I had this group of little hooligans. They were, they were all nice. (laughs) They were all pretty cool. And he's like, but I'm going to be honest, bro. I don't want to do this. (laughs) I was like, I was like, respect, bro. (laughs) So just do what you got to do, man. Like, yeah. yeah, But then everyone else pretty much ended up leaving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was hard with COVID. Oh my God. Especially like doing tempo, wearing a mask. It's, it's ridiculous. It's impossible. You can't, you can't be doing that. I would argue personally, it's dangerous. Yeah. You're not getting all like the oxygen you need and whatnot. Like your brain can't function well I, maybe not even brain function but like it's detrimental to like recovery for sure yes that's not yes, even I a joke agree. like and i don't know it just it's not really like the smartest thing in my opinion like i get yeah, that I like no one really knew what was going on and like you know uh, p- rules were put in place to try and help people like mm-hmm. i get that but yeah. i you know i i don't know if it's that way now i don't know if you're allowed to say that if it's you know mask wearing or not no no, no we're not doing that okay anymore. okay yeah i think that's probably the smartest play i mean especially in the high groups, you're talking about like top level athletes, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't make yeah. sense to handicap them like that. Yeah. And even the coaches like didn't agree with it, but the little people in the groups were like, I'm going to stop. There were a <laughs> but, couple of those. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. That were making it really difficult to, I lost a lot of motivation for the team last year because of that, because of all the everyone got so divided and it's really hard to be on a team with people when half the group isn't speaking to the other half. So that was really hard, but it's so much better this year and it's, it's going great. I love the group we have. We have a really great group of people in Bobby's group this year. Everyone's amazing. And just like motivating each other, uplifting each other, like helping each other work on skills and whatnot. And we're, we're doing things a lot different now. We're doing a lot more, skill work good we have bobby jr now as our head coach so um he's all about learning new skills he's helping us with like cornering and like descending because we're all we're cross-country kids we don't know what we're doing so he's helping a lot of other people out with working on their descending skills which is really nice because we weren't doing that really before no i think we had one technique day out of the year yeah yeah probably i I wish i was kidding but no like uh, you know obviously i get it like 
I'm glad that you guys have improved on that metric. Mm-hmm. And definitely because, you know, we would have dudes like in insane shape mm-hmm. and then like they don't know how to go. Downhill. They don't know how they to descend how. at all. Yeah. Like it was kind of funny. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I was fortunate enough to have guys like Jeremy and stuff who were, yeah. who were pretty quick. Like Jeremy yes, yes, was yes. Jeremy was ridiculously fast on a hardtail. Yes. Like, that's, <laughs> that is such a talent. And I don't know how people are doing it. There's people in our group this year that are doing like rock drop offs on their hardtails. And I, I'm on my cross country full suspension bike, but I never ride it. So I'm not really used to having less suspension, but I'm complaining about being able, not being able to do stuff. And they're like, I'm on a hardtail and suck it up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what was funny about that for me is like, I switched to a hardtail, like when I was racing and that, that was when I ruined my technique. Like, it's mm-hmm. actually really funny because I was a better descender on a $1,400 bicycle than I was on my uh, my hardtail mm-hmm. and it's I don't a big difference. Yeah. Well, and I don't even mean better as in like faster. I mean, better as in like, I Techniques was, I was more confident. Like, yes, I yes. could definitely carry more corner speed. Cause like, Absolutely. cause like I could pump with the hardtail on like a straightaway or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I could get going pretty quick, but yeah. like I was never willing to take sketchy lines uh-huh. or anything like that. Yeah. So I mean, that's why I got a full suspension bike now. Yeah. It's <laughs> Which that. I can't ride. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow. Tomorrow Ho- you're going to be doing it again. Yeah, hopefully. And I'll give a little update about that for the people listening, just in case anyone's curious. Uh, I'm getting an MRI tonight at 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's 8.30 right now. Uh, and then, yeah, hopefully if things go well, I'll be getting my cast off tomorrow. But if things don't go well, I'll basically be getting drilled in a surgery operation it's gonna go well yeah i know i i have i have a really good feeling about it i told you before you know the podcast (laughs) and stuff but i'm really excited about it i think i'm gonna do well and then i have really exciting things coming because i was injecting research chemicals (laughs) (laughs) no medical advice (laughs) yeah i was injecting research chemicals to get it to heal and stuff and and uh you know i i want to talk about that more in a video which i'm going to be making soon Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, that's enough on that um (laughs) Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I wanted to mention oh how we met. Okay. So we. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, I joined the bike team in my sophomore year. You were in your eighth grade year. Yeah. And I was I didn't know what to expect. Like I didn't know. My dad was like, "You should try mountain biking. You're pretty good at it." I was going. I was doing the beach and back ride every day. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I was doing after yes. school. I was just doing that's the beach good. and back. Yeah. yeah. That's how I got into it yeah. with, uh, you know, Scott and Jack. Oh. We, we would all ride to the beach and back every day after school. Oh, my God. It was adorable. The old crew. Yeah, the old crew. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah we, we would always ride to the beach and back like every day after school. That's and, a good ride. It's like 17, 18 miles. Yeah, totally. But so I joined the bike team and I got into uh, shout out to Devin. Yes. I love okay. Devin amazing coach he was he was really great actually He's so amazing i, I gotta give him a lot of credit um yes. he definitely sparked the the flame yes he for, like created me he I created like. me too and yeah. and he was so, the, the thing that i really like about Devin is he didn't really pressure you in like an uncomfortable way yes he was always very respectful of yes. where you were and he was yes. very good at kind of judging where you yeah. were He's a great guy. He was, he's, he's really excellent. I, I like him a lot. But so anyway, I joined Devin's group and we start riding together the first day or whatever. And we're talking. It's hilarious. And, and, and you're we hit re- it off so quickly oh, too. Instantly. Yeah. Well, cause we, we have pretty similar personality types. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like difficult to you know be friendly with you. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, then we just, I mean, we were friends since then. And then there was a time when I switched to clipless pedals. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to talk about this. 
so for those who don't know for mountain biking and stuff you, like clipless pedals you basically i know it sounds weird but you clip yeah i never uh, understood so you clip you clip in to a pedal with and you are attached yeah to the you bike. are literally attached to your bike so if you lift your foot the pedal comes with you and everybody knows that when you start with clips you like fall over and it's like hilarious and whatever and like i i thought you were super cool and we were really good friends and I was like talking to you and I was like, yeah, look at me on my clipless pedals, whatever. <laughs> the and first the, time riding. First, literally the first time. This was the first day. And I, I also hit, uh, we'll get to that. But so I, <laughs> It's so exciting. So I'm talking to you and we're pulling back up at the spot where we like finish and end practice or start and end practice yeah. and stuff. And I pull up to you and I'm like, hey, Sydney. And you're like, hey, what's up? And then I fall over on you. <laughs> On top of me. On t- literally on top of you. And yeah, I don't remember. Did I break a spoke? I feel like I broke a spoke. You think? I, that was at the beginning of the ride, though. My, so I feel like that would have been more. I don't remember of if it was at thing. the beginning or the end. It was at the beginning because I remember you like okay. fell into something else during the ride. I did so. do that. I did do that. But <laughs> no, so like I, I I know that my bar, my grip went in between your spokes. So I can't oh my remember. God. Yes, yeah, I remember so, that. Okay, so I can't remember if I broke a spoke. It wasn't my spoke. It was, maybe no, it was yours. No, it was yours. It was not mine. Totally was. Dude, no way. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't You're know. You're tripping. I'm not. But uh, <laughs> no, so, and then after that, I, I get up and you're like, oh, it's all cool. No worries, whatever. And then I fall into Devin's truck. <laughs> into the truck. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, what? that wasn't even like five minutes later. That was really funny. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. And we hadn't even started the ride yet. So yeah. we had a whole ride ahead of us of falling over more. Yeah. So. And can I just say, I was so beyond nervous to speak to you after literally crashing into you. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even care. I thought it was like, whatever. Cause I, I know how it is starting with clips. Yeah. It's, it can be scary. I remember you told me you like played it off. You're like, oh, I did the same thing or whatever. I did though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't fall into somebody. Right. Then. Well, and then you said that after <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I did the same thing. No worries. I just didn't fall into anyone like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, okay. Um, and, and I wanted to say when, when I saw you as a ride, like as a ride, obviously we were friends and we mm-hmm. hit it off and stuff, but as a rider, I had already mentioned, I hated you because you were very fast going downhill. <laughs> um, but no, like I just, I knew you were very talented downhill and I knew that was something you should definitely like play your strengths towards. Uh, yeah. And so I think it's cool to see that you're still doing that. Like, it's very cool. Yeah, that's the plan to keep on keeping on. For sure. Well, hey, I plan on racing cross country by the summer. Really? Yeah, just like a fun, like a local race. I, I want to do a local race to you see what happens. You should do a team Big Bear race so I can race enduro okay. and you can race cross country. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah Maybe I'll do that. Fun. I don't know. I got to get some time on the bike and it, yes. it literally just depends how this goes. Yes. So if this is all good tomorrow, like you gar- I can guarantee you I'm riding my bike like the next day. Awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Let's ride. Let's go. For, for sure. Well, I got, I got the, I got a sick you bike. I have a bike that people desperately want. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into the means of how they acquire it, but it's not legal. <laughs> my, I acquired my bike legally, but there's a, a large group of people who didn't. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, so I also wanted to mention as a racer, like, when I obviously I saw you kind of grow as a racer and you saw me grow as a racer, mm-hmm. we actually were always very supportive of each other, like at races and stuff. Yes, like I was screaming for you. You were. I, and I remember I remember seeing you. Uh, Do you remember that day when you had like a heart attack or something? <laughs> and I was screaming. Were you for there? You. Were you there for that? Yeah. So uh, so to be fair, like 
I actually can't remember anything from that day. Like I, I literally remember the EMT coming over to me uh-huh. and trying to talk to me, but I remember nothing else. I was there I, for that. I, all I know is I, when I passed the finish line, I talked to Aubrey, who is one of my friend's sisters. Mm-hmm. And she was like trying to hold me up and make sure I didn't fall over. I think Mackenzie was there too. I remember you like walking around and you were like not walking the way a person is supposed to walk. I didn't, I didn't know where I was yeah. like, and to give some background for the people listening, I had some pretty severe heart problems. I don't know what happened really. It was kind of odd, but this is actually the reason why I ended up quitting cycling. Uh, I'm fairly certain it's because I really overtrained like a lot. Like I was averaging 500 miles a week. Yeah. And at, didn't recover. Well, at like 17 years old. Yeah. So I was like, and yeah, it was weird. So my, like I'd walk up a set of stairs and my heart rate would be at like 230, which, which my max was 210. You can check, ask Bobby to go through all the numbers, every single number, my max heart rate maybe got to 212, Mm -hmm. maybe. maybe. That's still very high for you, for a, for a guy. Yeah, but, but like, you know, 230. (laughs) That's definitely too high. (laughs) That's like tachycardia, but (laughs) yeah, no. So I, anyway, like I ended up kind of realizing I had a problem and I was like trying to fix it and whatever. And I went to UCLA. I did a lot of testing there. I worked with the, the cardiology team over there, they're really excellent. But they basically told me after doing blood work, VO2 max tests, they had me in there doing literally everything. We don't know what's wrong with you, but there's something not right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. Well, yeah, so like, uh, you know, they, they could see what was going on. They were just like, we don't really know what to do about this because we can't put you on any medication that'll really do anything for you. Because mm-hmm. it was like I had AFib, but I didn't have the electrical signaling to match that. So they can't really do anything if that's the case. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, I ended up taking like a year off of sports and stuff and, you know, just being an idiot. Um, (laughs) it was really bad. Like I didn't even realize like it's actually depressing. Like it's so hard. Like now when I, you know, with my whole wrist and stuff, like I had to stop doing jujitsu. That was really depressing. Yes. You know, already. So I was, you know, I was used to going six days out of the week, you know, two hours, three hours class Mm -hmm. a day or whatever. And yeah, mainly two. But um, that's why injuries are so hard. And that's why it's like really hard on a lot of athletes. Yeah. If you can't do the one thing that you love and that's like the thing that motivates you to do everything like, oh, it's the worst feeling. Yeah, it's horrible. Well, and what's even worse is one of the the drugs that I was taking for my wrist to get it to heal actually Mm -hmm. induces depression. So perfect. So you have everything working against you. Oh, so bad. (laughs) There was a week that was not good. It was like a solid week. I was like, God, man, shit sucks, dude. And then, and then like, I don't know where I was like, Oh, the the drug I'm injecting causes depression. (laughs) So yeah, but it does help with bone growth and and it's a growth hormone agonist. So depression, bone growth. I mean, I'd go with the bone bone growth. growth, I I feel like, yeah. yeah. Well, because I, I think I briefly mentioned this before, but the surgery is terrible. They put a screw straight through it and then you like can't bend your wrist back anymore, like ever. Yeah, no, that's not going to work, especially yeah. for motorcycle riding. You oh, my God. And I already have problems work. with wrist flexibility as it is. So oh, it's like, perfect. yeah, that's like the last thing I needed. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so anyway, I, I quit cycling and stuff and, and uh, I ended up coming back to it. I, you know, I did it to train for jujitsu, mm-hmm. like up to my competition. I was riding four days a week, yeah. you know, doing like 120 miles intervals yeah, and stuff and you know, my cardio was great for mm-hmm. the, for the tournament. Yeah. So I was super stoked and I'm just glad to be riding bikes again and enjoying it. Like yes. th- there was a, enjoying it is so important. There was a while where I didn't, it becomes a chore. Like if you're racing and 
like trying to be the best that you can be, it becomes a chore and it's really hard. And I'm going to be real with you. I think if I didn't get a hardtail, I think I would have been much happier. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wouldn't know because I'm never going to have a hardtail. Don't. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I'd probably be depressed too. Well, it's like, (laughs) there's no fun in descending anymore. Descending is just scary. (laughs) Yeah. You're just trying to hold on and like you can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. But if, if I could change one thing about that whole experience, it would just be to not get a hardtail. I I actually think I would have enjoyed racing so much more if I, if I had like a full suspension bike. Yes. Because I, I loved racing when I had a full suspension bike, even though it weighed 45 pounds, <laughs> it, it was, 45. no, it was actually like 36. Yeah. Across, uh, I got, I got 11th with that bike. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. I don't either. So the, and those, cardio, I guess <laughs> I don't even know, but that thing was a tank and, and you know, those, those like those classes and those categories of races had like a hundred people in them. Yeah. Yeah. The, there was the guys are stacked classes for yeah. cross country. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of dudes trying to race cross country. There's which, a lot of people in enduro too. They're, compared to yeah. girls, it's like it's crazy. It is crazy cuz like I don't know, mountain biking's kind of a dope sport for girls and so, to do. And so so many people do it but they don't race. Yeah, yeah. Which is the main thing I feel like. That's actually really funny. I didn't even think about it, but I do know a couple of girls who ride but don't race or yeah. anything. And they're pretty good. Like not I don't know if they'd race, but yeah. you know. Um yeah, so I wanted to talk about what I saw in you as a racer and how you kind of got really good. Cause like, obviously you're not really thinking like from a perspective, like I am, cause you're, you know, you're living the moment. You're yeah. not, you're not like, like, oh, I see what's going on here. You're just like, Hey, I'm good. Let's do this. Let's train, work Send hard. <laughs> Send it. Yeah. And you know, seeing from the outside, I was always like, I always knew that your biggest problem was believing in yourself or not believing in yourself. It was a problem. It was, it really was like, cause you know, we were pretty close for a long time on the bike team and you know, you'd always like hype up some other people and you'd always put yourself that like, I couldn't be that. Mm -hmm. But then like one day that kind of turned around and I think it was because you got in an argument with some of the people that you were excited about and stuff. And, and you just turned into like a, a ruthless competitor, which is great. Like it's, it's honestly amazing. Like being able to watch that, like see the one thing that was holding you back and just like having it disappear mm-hmm. was really cool. Like to watch. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you noticed that or if that really was like a conscious thing, no, but definitely I get what you're saying. Um, it's, it's all about, being up in your head and it is important to have like technical skills skills and whatnot obviously for racing but so much of it is in your head like descending like doing a rock drop off that's all in your head because your bike can handle it bikes are so much more capable than you can even imagine so it's all in your head it's all confidence racing has so much to do with confidence and when I first started cross country, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to kind of go with it, whatever. Like I'm never going to like, this isn't going to be a thing for, I always knew I never wanted to do, to do cross country <laughs> racing, like professionally. I think everybody knows that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just... Except for those few people that are killing I'm, it. I'm going to go back and race again, probably just for fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not even fun though. So it's like, not for me. It's not, I don't enjoy it. I agree with you in every single way, <laughs> but I love the sick twisted, mindset that you develop of like obsession on fitness. I love that. I love being crazy fit. Yes. That's, I, that's something really awesome that I experienced once I started racing. And 
of course, being good at something, you're going to want to do it more. And so once I started winning races and like experiencing more and just like doing all this new stuff, it was all new to me, like all this whole new world. And it totally just like changes your perspective. I've never, I've never been more motivated to do something in my entire life. And I've, I've done a decent amount of things, but I've never had so much motivation for something. Yeah, like, you've kept pretty busy. Been in love. I'm in love with this sport. I love it, and I'm going to be mountain biking for the rest of my life. I know that, but um, it's just, it's so amazing. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way because, you know, obviously that kind of lets me know burnout isn't really in the near future. Well, that's not exactly true. I did experience a burnout last year. I was racing, like, back-to-back weekends so I wasn't getting base miles in so I was not in like the greatest shape but um because I was racing so much but um I'm gonna try and limit myself more this year I'm not gonna be racing every single weekend probably smart (laughs) yes but um it it is really important to keep it fun because it does become a chore when you're training so hard and like training into the nights if you don't have time during the day which is what I've been doing recently which isn't great I saw your story trainer trainer rides yeah Yeah. I was it was like I got home from work and I was like okay I have an hour and a half on the bike after working all day so it, it can get really hard if my schedule is super busy it's hard to stay motivated sometimes once I'm like doing a bunch of stuff but for sure I just try and keep in mind how that bringing back to the race that I had last weekend where I know how out of shape I felt that's kind of what's motivating me now so that that doesn't happen again yeah so that's what's keeping me like I need to ride because I don't want to feel like that again. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and and you have the, you have that, which is like driving you to be better. And you also have the fact that you like enjoy it. So it's like, I think when you stop enjoying something, no matter what you're doing, even if you're not like practicing for a race or, you know, doing tempo or whatever, Mm -hmm. no matter what it is, if you stop enjoying it, you're burnt out and you you need to stop or you need to change something. Yeah. Yeah. Or just change something like, yeah, I I think when I like if if I could have changed something for me burning out, it would have been to just get like a fun bike. Like I didn't have a fun bike and it's, I'm not complaining. Like I wanted a race bike. I wanted to be light and fast and whatever. Like I made that choice, Mm -hmm. but if I could go back, I would stop doing the century rides. Oh yeah. I'm not ready for that. We're doing that in like a couple weeks. Oh, that's oh, I gotta, I gotta hop on that. If my wrist is good, you should, cause <laughs> I mean, then I won't be so depressed I def- riding for a uh, hundred miles. I, I loved the century rides Perfect. because come, they were please. so fun. They were so fun. Like we were, because we, of the people you're yes, with. Yes, yes, yes. That's they, important. Yeah, definitely. It was not fun when we go through that part that smells like sulfur going up to Ohio. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's like that spot that just smells terrible and and everyone knows about it. There's like actual sulfur nearby. It smells horrible. I'm, I blocked most of that out of okay. my brain. So like the, I don't remember the last 20 miles, honestly. Okay. So. It's yeah, it's, it's terrible, but <laughs> I'm sure it is. I probably experienced it. I just don't remember. Yeah. yeah. But no, honestly, like, yeah, the century rides were fun for me. Like I, I liked it cause you know, you just get to, you know, BS with the people you get you're to with. talk for seven hours. With your <laughs> seven hours. You know, it was funny. So I'm allergic to chicken. Like I'm actually allergic to chicken. That's horrible. You knew that. No, I did not. You did. You did. You've I, definitely eaten chicken with me before. I, I have not. I have told people thousands. There's no way. I've told people thousands of times that I'm allergic to chicken. Everyone forgets. There's no way. Everyone forget. My grandparents forgot. Everyone forgets. I'm for real. Ask my mom. We'll go right now. 
<laughs> so I'll bring her on the podcast. <laughs> so I, yeah, so I'm like allergic to chicken. And after the century ride, after like the first one we did, mm-hmm. I had this weird craving to get Chick-fil-A. So I went and got Chick-fil-A and, and that's probably not great. <laughs> well, it was, so what happens when I eat chicken is my throat starts to close and my ears get kind of itchy. It's like really bizarre. Um, but my throat's never completely closed. It's not like that. It's not that severe of an allergy, but it is not something I want to do. Yes. But after, so I ate three chicken sandwiches. uh, Oh my God. I went ham. Like I had so much food over there and then I got home and like, I could barely breathe and I fell asleep and I didn't wake up until the next day at like 10 o'clock. Oh, great. Yeah. Cause well, you know, we get back pretty late. Like it's like, yeah, you come home at like four. But, yeah, it's like four or five or something like that. Yeah, and oh, I got like I went straight to Chick Fil A. I, 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 I don't even know why. I ate so much food. Oh my god! After that, ride. I actually think, I think that the, I counted the calories when I did this. I ended up having close to like eight thousand calories. Like it was pretty gnarly. Cause holy hell. Yeah, because I got fries. I got a milkshake. I got you know I got like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was just like. You know, screw it. Why not? I mean, you just burned like thousands, so you might as well. Like you, I I remember looking at the calories burned and it's like a ridiculous amount. Like, what is it? It's like three or four thousand or something. Uh, I don't know. It's different for everyone. That's facts. Yeah. When I was doing the Mike Nosco ride, I got to the top of the first climb and I was already at a thousand. I was like, (laughs) oh my God. I have to fucking like... (laughs) 6,000 more feet to go. Yeah. Yeah. The Nosco ride is legit. Like that, that ride's pretty legit. I've only done it once and I don't know if I'm ready to do it again. So Phil's cookie fondo, Phil Guyman, Mm -hmm. he does like a cookie ride. It's the exact opposite direction of the same ride. So it's like, I, I, I've done both Mm -hmm. and I would say Phil's ride was harder. Really? Yeah. So it's, so you start with Latigo? Yes. Interesting. I yeah. mean, that's, I feel like that's better though. I, Latigo is my least favorite road in this world. It might, it's really, I kind of, I kind of, it's so long and then you turn a corner and it's like, you're oh, done. Going <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. lies. Yeah. You have to go uphill more. <laughs> What's funny is like, you're aware of that the whole time too. You're, you're like, I know I'm going to go down and it's going to feel like I'm done. And then like, I'm going to suffer for another 45 or, you know, an hour or whatever. And it's just like, you know that, but you get tricked every single time. You get there, and I, it's like oh, downhill. Yeah, you're like, I get a break, and then you suffer for another like hour <laughs> right after that. It's so bad, yeah. but like it was always fun because like we would always be like screaming and stuff. Like, yeah. when is this climb gonna yeah. end? I was alone for that part too, so I was just suffering by oh, myself. No. It was horrible. Oh my! Well, didn't you turn the wrong way or something? No, that was the other people. Oh, that was the other people. I was, okay, that I separated with. Excellent. <laughs> Great idea, Excellent. by the way. Great idea. No, um, but yeah, like I would say that the Phil Phil's ride was definitely harder. But here was the great thing about Phil's ride: there are cookies everywhere. <laughs> so they're like, that's fantastic. I know this doesn't sound like ideal for people listening, like eating cookies while riding. No, it's fantastic. A road bike. Well, no, you feel like you might throw up or whatever. Whatever, dude. But cookies. I swear to God, like it was incredible. Like we, he had these. He had these stands that were like sponsored and they had like Cliff and like different kinds of cookies. Oh yeah. Like he had everything. He had everything. It was such a cool ride. And then you get back and he's got like a whole, like they paid for a professional chef to like cater the event. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. The food wasn't that phenomenal. I'll be honest, but the cookies were (laughs) 
The cookies lived up to their expectations. Those cookies are the reason that I started baking. <laughs> I really? I wish I was kidding. You make some mean cookies. I, I do. Thank you. I think yeah. about that frosting all the time that you brought me. No, I'm I'm not even kidding. I'm not saying that to yeah. like please your ego. Like I it's think not even about there. that frosting. Wow. That's I well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh I don't know. I I everything I do, I just go 100,000% into it. That's awesome. And that's the Call same. me when you do so I can like <laughs> test hey, them. You just had the barbecue. What did you have? I, I did. Mean, yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, Please I, invite me over more. Yeah. Like, I don't know what where what the miscommunication is. Oh, uh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I every time I turn invited. the smoker on, like, yep, every, yep, yep. literally just every other up. day. I live two streets over. Just call me. Yeah, you do. You do live a lot closer now. You did live. And that wasn't that far, but like, it yeah. was far enough. It, it was, was far too, enough. Too far. Yeah, it was definitely far. And then, yeah, now you drive. So yep. that's great. Yes. Um, driving is good. Driving is driving is great. <laughs> um, to get a little back on track. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what, if you could say a couple of things about Bobby, what would you say? And Bobby Jr. too. I didn't know he was coaching you now. So we'll give both, give both the the spotlight. Okay. So I don't even know how to describe him. He's one of the most incredible humans that I, I can't even begin to say how grateful I am for this man and Linda, of course. Oh my God. Yes. They're like with, I literally, I would not be where I am without them at all. I know I said that before, but with them, I'm legit. I, I would not be riding a bike. I probably wouldn't even be like riding for fun. Yeah. I, this weekend I was struggling in my race and I was only through stage two. There was three stages. I had just finished stage two and I was about to start the hardest stage, which was stage three. And I was crying because <laughs> I was having a moment and I get really emotional about riding and stuff. Cause I have such a high expectation on myself to do well and like just be the best that I can be. And I called Bobby and he just, he knows exactly what to say. He's incredible. And he heard that I was like struggling and he, he did a, I always, I usually always call him before my races so he can pray for me. And we, we go to church together sometimes as well. And it's very special. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I called him before the stage three and he did a prayer for me. And one of the things he said that really like stuck out to me was you, he was saying like to the Lord, you know, that me and Linda love Sydney so much. Like it's, un like what's the word unexplainable the love that we have for Sydney but we know that your love is so much stronger for her and he was just like I know she's gonna finish this race and do the best that she can and he just kept saying like don't put so much on yourself right now like you're gonna get through the race and it's gonna be all fine it's all gonna happen the way it needs to happen and he he just said some things that in that moment were exactly what I needed to hear. And I was just sobbing like on the phone. I was like in the line to go do stage three and I'm just sobbing into my phone. Cause he just, he's an incredible human being. I, I'm, I, yeah, I don't even know. I love that man so, so much. He's closer than family. Yeah. Bobby's great. And, and to, I just wanted to mention this. I, I didn't not mention Linda. Linda is equally as important. Linda is amazing. Linda's the powerhouse. She is incredible. Doing everything. The reason I didn't say that her name is because I, I was speaking specifically about coaches, but I'm really glad you brought her yes, up yes, because yes. yeah, she's she's awesome. Like 
you know, she'd always do breakfast for the, you know, mm-hmm. for the guys in Bobby's group mm-hmm. before races. And, yes. and she was always super sweet. And, she's you know, when, when we'd go over and stuff, she was always really nice. And yeah, she's one of the strongest people I know. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. She's yeah. Incredible. She's, she's a really incredible lady. And yeah, I'm really fortunate to have had them both in my life, you know, like they're, yeah. they're great. Yeah. And, and then other than Bobby being there for my emotional support, cause Anytime I'm like going through something rough with racing or even outside of racing, I'm calling Bobby. Yeah. He's, he's the best with that stuff. He's pretty good. Yes. Pretty good is an understatement. Um, But with racing, he always comes up with the best plans for me. Like he researches these things. He was having me doing these. um, I think he was calling them hit sessions. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you were ever on the team for that when he started doing this. 30 30s for 27 minutes. 30, 30 seconds on 15 seconds off for nine minutes. Right. And then we did that every single day the week before the race. And then it was a recovery week. Yep. That did incredible things for me. And he's always researching like new ways to get us in the best shape that he can. But something really awesome about me getting into enduro racing is he's making a plan specifically for me. So he's not only focusing on the team as a whole, but he's doing specific days for me and the app we use training peaks. He's putting it all like specifically for me. Like I he's yeah, he's just great. He's doing so much. And he's always helping me with like recoveries and stuff and like pedal stroke, breathing techniques. He's when we're doing intervals, he's like watching my breathing. He's like, you need to be doing more or less or inhaling more through whatever you're. And he's always big belly breathing. Yes. Big belly breathing. Perfect. Um, Yeah. He's just great about that. And he's super motivating during intervals. He always knows exactly what to say to like push me over like what I need to do. I can't speak to that enough because when when we would do the intervals every week on a tuesday Mm -hmm. and bobby and i would just put down a ridiculous effort with some crazy wattage Mm -hmm. bobby would just be like yeah and i'd be he's the best hype man i the best i actually would have been willing to die like right then yeah like i want to die for you like you're so motivating that i want to pass out right now well it's like it's like how (laughs) olympic athletes are you know they always say that they'd rather take gold uh, and live for a year or whatever after then live a long life. Mm-hmm. Like I, he gave me that attitude of yeah. like, I would actually rather win and, you know, do really well mm-hmm. than just like live like an average life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And there's almost when I'm really like in like, a, if we're doing like a longer interval, he'll, it's almost like a meditative thing that he does where he like puts you in this headspace. He's like, you're racing right now. Your competitors in front of you. Like he'll, he, he just knows exactly yeah. what to say. It's insane. Like he, he's really good at getting you in the zone yes. to, to like simulate a race. Like yes. he, de- he definitely did that for me a lot. Like for the last FTP test I did was horrible. Like I did really well. Like my numbers were great, but like it was one of those where this minute you start, you're like, Oh my God. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Your legs are like, wake up, please. But what was crazy is it ended up being like the best numbers I put out. I was just felt miserable. But like the whole time he was like, he was like, come on, you got to suffer. Like this is, this is what it's like, dude. You're in the big leagues, man. Yeah. Like he, he would totally. just say stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but he's, yeah. he's great. I, you know, I never really got to work with Bobby jr. A whole lot. I, I did a couple of times. I rode with him a few times. Mm-hmm. He was really cool. He was kidding out his van at the time, which was dope. Oh my gosh. Yes. The Langtown racing van. I haven't seen it. Since... It's pretty dope. Okay. Not going to lie. The 
It's pretty. He's put a lot of work into it too. It's it's nice. looking prime. That's that's dope. <laughs> what has he like? Uh, like what has he done for you? Like in terms of technique? I know you said that's what you're working on with him. Yes. So I haven't worked a whole lot with him yet, but last year he took me to um, Triumpho Park, and there's a good trail around there for like cornering and stuff. Because that was what I was struggling in at the time. I'm still struggling in it. If we're being honest, I I could be better. Um, but that's what we're gonna work on in this upcoming season and with his team. Um, but yeah, we did a lot of cornering stuff and he's, he knows a lot about like how to shift your weight and like how you're supposed to be balancing or like the right way to corner. And he's, yeah, he's really good at technique kind of things and he's done all of it. So he knows what's right, what's wrong. He's seen what people do. That's not the best way you could be doing something. So he's really good about working on techniques and things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I think cornering is actually the most difficult part of yeah. any kind yeah. of mountain biking. It's genuinely the most difficult thing. Yes. You can, it takes a lot of practice. To oh my God. It. And it, it takes like perfect body movements, especially yeah. like if it's off the camber or loose. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like the off camber loose stuff, that's like, you know, you're coming up and around like switchbacks and yeah. that stuff is ridiculously hard mm -hmm. and, you know, working on it's super important. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I always, I've rode, I've ridden with Bobby Jr. a couple of times. That dude is ridiculously quick and he talented on a bike. So talented. Yeah. So, talented. so like, he can drop me in like a second. And yeah. He's just gone. He, uh, <laughs> Even when I'm in the best shape, he's just like, zoom. Yeah. He's, he, he is ridiculously good, but yeah, I mean like that's great stuff to work on mm -hmm. and, and cornering is an excellent goal to have because yeah. if you can corner well, the straights are not an issue. Yeah. Cause you can really mess up cornering like it. And if you do it right, you're saving so much time yeah, yeah. doing that. And especially in downhill races or enduro races where every second counts cross country. It's not like every second is like, right. Totally. You're not after lap times. You're yeah. after getting first position. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so with Enduro, everything has to be perfect. You're, yeah. It all has to be working. For right. sure. Yeah. I mean, like, cause yeah. And, and uh, to kind of elaborate on that for cross country, like there were like the, the race that I won, I was purposely holding back until the last lap. And then I just emptied the gas tank. Yeah. Like I, when I crossed the finish line, I was zero. Like yeah. there was nothing left. I, funny story. I peed blood. Um, <laughs> yes, I was. I yeah, remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, but funny story. Uh, I definitely gave. Not funny. Story, I left it all but, out there. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like I and and that's the really weird thing about cross country racing is it's so Saving strategy it all based for the last lap too. Yeah, well, and strategizing and and just making sure yes. that you're not like overexerting and and kind of holding your cards back mm -hmm. and not letting. Yeah, because your... you can't gas out in the first lap. You have to it's you have to balance like how much energy you're going to use in certain spots and yeah. stuff. Like, are you going to let that person get away for a little bit, but you know, you can catch up later. Right. Like it's a lot of strategy going into cross country and that's why it's right. super different racing styles. Yeah. So you, well, you've raced Paris, so you, you know, yeah, you, mm -hmm. you know what Paris is like. Yes. So do you know that first climb where you get onto the paved part of the road and then you're going up to that top? Yeah. yeah, little, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that first, the, the first time that I was in Bobby's group racing that mm -hmm. there was a kid, and like another guy who just blasted off, like, uh, I mean, 200%, like someone in Bobby's group. No, 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 no. Or just like some, other some, racer. some kid in the race, oh, okay, some, okay, some kid okay. in the race and some other, some other guy. Okay. And they just blasted off. And I was like, Oh my God, do I need to attack now? Or do mm -hmm. I need to like, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to hold back. Yeah. Th we dropped those kids. They ended up in like 20th or something. Yeah. Like, 
Th- yeah, they yeah, got they got put strategy. super far back because they burnt their matches way too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strategy is such an important thing in cross country. And it's hard, like, for your ego watching someone sprint away from you, but you just got to wait yeah. it out. It's yeah. the most anti-puffing-your-chest-out <laughs> sport. Like, you you want to just f- absolutely throttle people whenever yes. you see them go you by you, but you can't. Like, yeah, you just have to, like, Kumbaya. yeah, literally. <laughs> there were so many times, like, even in the crits that we would do, like, for, with the team, I was like, I can't go now because I know that this is just a fake attack and they're mm-hmm. trying to form a breakaway, but it's not going to work. Yeah. And, and it was just, like, such a hit. And especially then, like, my ego was a little ridiculous then. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> yeah, my ego was a little ridiculous then. But yeah, so like it's it's a tough sport. It's mm-hmm. really t- like mentally tough because mm-hmm. you not only have the ridiculous amount of endurance and stuff, but like absolutely you just have to deal with a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And cross country, I feel like the people are so much more toxic. And oh, my God. That's what I was saying. They're all sweaty. Like they're all. Super <laughs> I've never heard someone <laughs> use that word before. Oh, it's it's just like a it's like a sweaty. I, I guess you could call it like a gamer term. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. you always would be like. Like, why are you so sweaty, bro? Like, cause, cause you know, you're playing games. You're not really meant to be trying super hard or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. there's those guys who are like actually sweating <laughs> at their keyboard. <laughs> like, sweat. yeah. Yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, they're, they're so sweaty sometimes mm-hmm. and it's, it makes it rough. But what's really interesting is I've seen so many people drop out of cross country racing and I've seen a lot more people stay in enduro mm-hmm. and downhill and stuff. Yeah. Like it's actually really weird. Cause I knew a couple of people doing enduro like outside of the team. Yeah. And they were doing it just as much as people on the bike team were, mm-hmm. but they're still doing it now. Yeah. And like they're racing and they're like out there. Cause it's fun. It is fun. <laughs> and no, the environment's super welcoming and yeah. it's, it's weird because you are competitive with the other people, but you're not all going at the same time. It's like timed like in intervals. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll go. And then 30 seconds later, someone else goes. So it's not as like, Oh, I'm trying to pass you and blah, blah, blah. So Give him some elbow. Yeah. 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 So it's a lot more like welcoming. Cause we're all just at the starting line together, freaking out. We're freaking out together. Yeah. So it's like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's really, I think, I think actually if I could have gotten over my fear of getting hurt, I think I would have done really well in enduro mm-hmm. because when I shut up and when I just focus on something, I can do some ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. That, you put your mind to it. That was always my strong suit is like, I'm capable of ridiculous things yeah. if I just like put my head down and suffer. Yeah. So like, I feel like if I could, could have gotten over and it was the same thing with moto. Like when I, when I developed the fear of getting hurt after a super bad crash, like I didn't always have that, mm-hmm. but like I had a really gnarly crash. I totaled my bike. Mm-hmm. It was super wicked. I was out for like two months doing anything. Oh geez. Yeah. It was, it was really rough. And then like, after that, I was just afraid of crashing. And I, had the, I had the same exact experience as you. Yeah, it's and it, it's a weird thing to get over because like you're not even in control of it at first because yes. when you do something like when you lose your balance a little bit on your bike, your heart just goes like crazy. Yeah, the adrenaline. Oh my God. And then it's like you can't control that because it's so quick, mm-hmm. but you have to like get over it eventually and it's a tough thing to do. But yeah, yeah I feel like if I got over that, I would have been great at Enduro, probably better than I was at cross country because I like the idea of just being alone mm-hmm. and going yeah, all out. Zone. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to do. Like, yeah. yeah. But 
I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe that's in my future. If I get more money to buy another bike, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a really expensive sport. Yeah. It's and, crazy. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like I want to do moto and stuff and like I want to be out there every weekend or whatever, yes. but it's just not feasible. Like yeah. it's so far away. It's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Gas is crazy in California. Yes. So it's like enduro is like the next best thing. Yes, it is. Definitely. Yeah. But I went through a similar thing to you where it was at the beginning of my racing season last year where I was so high on life. Like I had just started racing and I was, I was so I the happiest that I've ever been in my life. I was racing. I found what I had loved to do. And then I got so up in my head. I'm like, if I crash, this is all going away. And so that made me ride a lot more cautiously and maybe did things that I could have done more. Like I could have done crazier things at yeah. the time, but I was so worried about getting hurt. I'm like, this is my passion. Like I, I can't have, I can't lose this. But once you get over that, it's, it's a lot easier. Smooth sailing for sure. Smooth sailing. I mean like, yeah. And, and obviously being on a hardtail does not inspire confidence no, at all. So at like all. that just made it so much worse for me moving to a, you know, uh, Scott said this to me mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago, like when we were on the team together, he was like, moving to a hardtail like your technique will eventually translate Mm -hmm. but for some people it doesn't yeah and i was one of those people because i was not very confident Mm -hmm. and i was not able to like mentally push myself over that edge to just go like i wasn't ready so i you know it's it's a tough thing like if i if i have one recommendation for anyone who's racing cross country it's do not get a (laughs) hardtail get a full suspension bike even if it's a little heavier, it's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. And just like work on technique, mm-hmm. which I'm so glad Bobby's group is doing a lot more of now. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. really great. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So. Cause a lot of people need it. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, I mean, like I said, the people at the races, when you go to cross country races, it's just like, that's oh, where my I God. passed everyone was on the downhill. Yeah. I'm like I may not be able to climb as well as you, but I will drop you on the descending. Well, I remember <laughs> when we were at, oh God, I don't even remember all the names. Vale. Of, what? No, it wasn't Vale. We were at Vale, but I, I'm talking. What's the one that's like in the middle of nowhere? Like Keysville? Yes, it was Keysville. We were, we were there, and Ugh. do you remember we were, we were hanging out with with Jag and with? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you're bringing up so many memories. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, we've known each other for a really I, long time. I know. There's so many things that we've done that I don't even remember. Like, yeah. You just bring up things. So it's crazy. I have like a wicked memory. You'll- that was a Tehachapi. That, oh, Tehachapi, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I See, I forgot all the names already. <laughs> it was Tehachapi. I remember now because I ended up racing. That was the race that I won later was at Tehachapi. It was mm. a different different organization. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we were at Tehachapi and you were like, I think you, you were racing and you were like, I'm not really stoked on how I'm going to do because I don't feel that fit or whatever. And then you were like, but I'm going to crush people on the downhill. <laughs> and that, yeah. that was always your thing. You're like, I'm just going to wreck people on the downhill and yeah. make them beg. I, I know that I'm good at that. So. Yeah. And better than most at the time I was before I oh, experienced yeah, yeah. real competition. For sure. But yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, the cross country downhill game is not strong. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not it's strong. Not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. But I'm excited for this year to see how that goes. Because now that I can actually descend and I've done like yeah. crazy stuff, I'm like, Maybe I could do well just because of the fact that there's that little piece of downhill. I might be able to like actually do something with that. No, for sure. I think you'll do really well this year. I, I think this year is going to be a really good season for you, Thank like you. race wise. And especially if you keep the training going. Like, Thank you. Obviously, I want to work with you on some strength and conditioning mm-hmm. stuff. Um, 
if it's within the realm of possibility. <laughs> yes, um, we'll see. And I, I think it, I think it could definitely help you out a lot. I think you'll have probably the most successful season. Yeah. This year. Yeah, I have a really a, a lot of really great people on my team this year, so I think it's going to be a great season. For definitely sure, I agree. Yeah, it's just look forward to it. Yes. Have fun. Definitely going to. Thank you. And if I can offer, uh, we've basically talked about it the whole time, but if I can offer any tips, strategize, research, be intelligent about what you're doing, which mm-hmm. is already very evident because you're trying to cut back some of your races to stay happy and, mm-hmm. you know, make yeah, it fun. It's important. So that's great. I'm glad you're doing that. Thank you. Dedication equals domination. Dedication equals domination. There you go. That's all you so need to true. know. That's, that's all you need true. to know. When I, when I started dedicating myself to stuff, domination. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's how I was last year. Yeah. So yeah. It's, try it's, and keep doing that this year. It's very true. I'm, I'm going to work on the same thing. Once I get my wrist good, jujitsu is going to be incredible this year. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, what's crazy is I'm actually, I'm planning on competing in jujitsu and racing like cross country. Like you're going to be a machine. Yeah. I, well, I was already, you know, I was in really good shape. Like when I was competing for jujitsu mm-hmm. and stuff, like I was in crazy shape. Yeah. 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 I yeah. Remember. So like, I, yeah, I, I'm excited. I want to do, I want to do an Ironman too. I want to sick. I want to knock that out uh, before the end of the year. That's the goal. That's awesome. Yeah. So the way it's kind of, the way it's kind of shaping up is like, I've lost 12 pounds since I stopped training. Cause I can't really Mostly do a whole lot. Muscle, probably. Oh, all of it was muscle. Like a hundred percent. It's not even, it's not even funny. Cause like, I don't visually look like I have much more fat on me. Like, and you can do, you know, I've done the skin pull test and where you measure and stuff. Like, I don't have that much more fat on me, mm-hmm. but 12 pounds just disappeared. Yeah. So yeah. Like, muscle weighs more than fat. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be a big difference. Yeah. If you're not able to work out for two months. For sure. And the, the biggest bummer is they're like, originally when I first got casted, they're like, this is mission critical. Like you cannot move this thing. You can't even rotate your wrist. Like it's really dangerous. Like I was at a spot where it was like really sketchy. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was very hesitant to do anything. I basically had to stop all my cardio because I wasn't allowed to sweat in my cast. Mm-hmm. And you oh know, yeah, that, that would be horrible. It just starts smelling. Well, oh my <laughs> so. god! So for there was like two weeks where I was bracing my wrist. I had this really advanced brace, and it mm-hmm. was like theoretically doing the same thing as a cast, but it ended up cutting off all my circulation and oh. making me feel like I needed to get my thumb amputated. Oh, that's probably but, not the best. No, it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad, but um. So like I was, I was doing the sauna and stuff to make sure that I get blood flow going. Cause blood flow is a big problem. We talked about it with this injury in particular. So I was like, (laughs) I want to open up the highway. So I was taking like nitric oxide precursors and doing the sauna and I was doing the sauna like five days a week. And I love the sauna. It was great. But, um, I ended up like, cause I was still wearing the brace and like, look, after I got out of the sauna and after I was done, you know, trying to work out and stuff, like I'd clean my arm before I put it back in a brace. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not like a disgusting freak or anything. <laughs> You're one of the cleanest people <laughs> I have ever met. I'm one of the cleanest dudes that there is. Yes. Like, I, I know. Like even when you were younger, like yeah. you were always so worried about smelling so good. That was my favorite thing about you is that how good you smelled all the time. <laughs> Everyone but says you, that. It's true. Like yeah. you were, you focused on that so much is that's something thing I love about you. That's uh, it sets me ahead. <laughs> all, all the other dudes out there smelling, looking greasy. Just remember I'm right here. <laughs> He's getting all your ladies. So. Oh yeah. For sure. A hundred percent. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. But, um, so I'd clean my arm and stuff before I put it back in, I, you know, soap, water, the whole deal. Right. Yes, 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 yes. But 
my brace started to smell like actual death. Mm-hmm. Like I have never, oh yeah, I've never smelled anything like that. So I was terrified of that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even remember where I was. I walked by somebody and they were like, what the fuck was that smell? <laughs> and I was like, no, I think it was a cute chick too. So I, I was oh, like, no. yeah, so I was like triple embarrassed, but she didn't realize who it was. So <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, yeah, this brace thing isn't going to work for me. So I ended up getting casted. That's when I got casted. That seems like it would be worse, but. Uh, getting casted? Like for smell. No, it's actually not, which is very weird. That doesn't make any sense. My, you literally could not smell. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but like. <laughs> No, I'm not going to be planning on yeah. that, but okay. <laughs> you can, I, keep in mind, you know, I'm living with this. There, There is like know, yeah. zero smell that comes out of this cast because it's very breathable. Oh, like, uh, okay. So that, that brace, for whatever reason, was not breathable, like at all. Well, yeah, if it's cutting off your circulation, it's not breathable. Well, that was a problem, but like the material, so it's really weird. It's like a pretty high-tech brace. Like you stick it in the microwave. I know that sounds bizarre. What? Yeah, you, so you stick it in the microwave to like soften it up and it like conforms to your wrist. And then once it like hardens, it's like, that's it. That's, huh. that's the shape that it is. And then it has the, the boa clips that the mountain bike shoes have. Oh. Yeah. So then it tightens and stuff and, it, and it's, it's a super cool brace, but like it has like a bunch of holes to like perforate it, but it's not enough, mm-hmm. not enough airflow going there. Hmm. So yeah, yeah well. n- never, never doing that ever again. Well, for my sake, I'm glad that that's not happening right now. <laughs> it was bad. It was really, really bad. Uh, but I'm going to move on from that. Okay. <laughs> so, let's. So um, we've already talked about what your training looks like now. Uh, do you have any strength and conditioning goals? Like, do you want like a killer FTP or something? Well, yeah, that would be great. Um, I mean, I would love to see my Watts number go up higher. Um, we can work on that. <laughs> all right. Um, with Bobby a couple weeks ago, actually, which was super exciting. I hit my max Watts. Oh, I don't know how because I was in a lot better shape last year, but maybe I, I don't know how anything works. What's your number? It was 700. That's pretty good. You, yeah. And that was, I wasn't even in tip top shape. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't coming out of off season and I just, we were doing sprints, which are my favorite. And, um, yes, yes. I just randomly was like, I got to 650, which I'm pretty sure was like a new all time high for me. And I was like, all right, we're getting 700 today. Like yeah. let's, let's do that. And then on the next interval, I somehow made it. I was, I was at 701. I was like, that's pretty killer. That's dope. And I, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like once I'm in shape and actually like doing more tempo work and squats. And I, uh, I was going to say squats are big, like weightlifting. Yeah. I'll, power weight, lifting is. Oh, a my big God. Thing. I didn't do any of that last year. And then I started going to the gym a couple months ago yeah. for my off season training. So I'm going to carry that into my season this yeah. year. I, I could, think it'll help a lot. I can hook you up with all the workouts that I did to make myself like a wattage machine. That would be great. Calf raises are so ridiculously underrated. I do those for my warm-ups for I, races. I have ridiculously small calves, like naturally. <laughs> I, yeah, I have small legs. Uh, but like, you know, I've always had really big thighs. Yes. Like I've always had crazy huge thighs. <laughs> I've, always had, I've always had ridiculous thighs and, and my calves were pretty small. Hairless, they, I might add. Uh, yes, I. there was a time where I shaved every day. No, you got laser hair removal. I did do that. I did do that. But before I was shaving every day, laser hair removal is the place to be. Let me tell you, for all the men out there listening right now who are very hairy, women don't really dig super hairy stuff. Am I wrong? You are completely right. Okay. Because when, yeah, I was, I was super hairy before, but like, I'm just going to be real for the guys out there who are like, I don't want to, 
uh, I don't, I don't want to shave my legs or get laser. I'm telling you, bro, just like one or two sessions. It'll just lighten up some of that thickness. (laughs) So back to my, back to my weightlifting (laughs) regimen, just a nice transition. Um, so like when I started working out my calves, like they got pretty big and Mm -hmm. then I like, that was when I actually cranked out like another 200 Watts. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I want to crank out another 200 watts. Well, so I think if I'm remembering my timelines correctly, when I started doing calf raises like a month later is when I actually hit over a thousand watts for the first time. I would love that. Yeah. I don't know if that's really realistic, but it's possible if like, if you put on like 10 pounds, like you could probably push out over, over a thousand for sure. I feel like I, my mom always tells me, she's like, your body type isn't the type to be muscly. So I feel like I have to do steroids in order to be like muscly. Listen, I'm not doing steroids. I, no, she's not. Organizations let's just, listening. let's just make that clear. She is not. I actually have helped yeah, people. Yeah, my small arms. Just I'm hear, not doing steroids. Hear me out. I've helped people get steroids. I don't personally take steroids. I've taken peptides. That's literally it. I'm still basically a registered natty. But I can tell you 100% for a fact, she is not taking steroids. She has had such a consistent like progression and such a consistent like weight mm-hmm. that it is not possible for yeah. you to be doing steroids. Yeah. Yeah. It is literally I, not possible. I wish I was more muscly, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like the, the best way to tell if somebody's doing steroids is if they have a ridiculous jump Random, in power like, or huge. Well, yeah. And what's great is you have so much data to literally like if somebody, if you're a pro mm-hmm. and you know, like traveling world cup, whatever, mm-hmm people are accusing you of steroids, you can be like, look at my power numbers from way back then. It's mm-hmm. such a steady progression. Yeah. That's the best way to tell. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, look, I've helped people acquire steroids and design steroid cycles mainly because I don't want them to screw themselves up mm-hmm. because guys who take steroids are kind of stupid. Not all guys. I'm you have to let do me, it right. Let me just make that clear. But there are a lot of gym bros who are like, hey, I'm going to go take Tren or <laughs> I'm going to go take like some of these ridiculous steroids and then not do a post-cycle therapy not do anything to prevent like estrogen levels from Mm -hmm. skyrocketing. And then they end up literally developing like female breast or like organs inside of their nipple. It's called gyno. Yeah. It's called gyno. Yeah. Cause you're messing with your hormones and it's (laughs) like, you have to balance everything out. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I mean, I just try and help people out and make sure like if they're going to do it, that they do it right. Yeah. You have to do it right. It's really important yeah the, you can mess up your body long term oh it's my god so, it can be so dangerous kidney failure you know liver failure your liver function goes like crazy with some of these steroids so yes. it's like it's it's super dangerous i don't really recommend anyone to do steroids just to make that very clear mm-hmm. um but if you have to you need to do it right yes yes Bl- like blood work All the every time. week yeah. <laughs> every week not every week but like a lot you need a yeah, lot yeah, of blood yeah, work yeah. um so have you ever done anything like training wise that like really surprised you from the gains that you got out of it? Um, well, last year when I started training for nationals, I was doing altitude training and the hit sessions at mm-hmm. the same time. And I've never had a lower heart rate when I've been riding before. My cardio was like insane at that point. Like I, yeah, I've never, I've never seen my heart rate be that low when I'm doing like tempo and like intervals and stuff. It was great. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome. And that was all Bobby. He designed everything to do the right amounts with what training I was doing. So that was pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good progression. The, the altitude trainings. I know we were talking about and how a little. strong I got after those hit sessions. Yeah. Those hit, the hit sessions are no joke. Like Bobby, I saw him a few months ago and like we had lunch 
and we were talking about that like particular workout. Yeah, and I started doing it after because you know I was training for my competition. Mm -hmm. I started doing it after and I could not believe how good I was feeling. Yeah, the results you get. It, it's crazy because it seems like after each day it would get harder and harder. Because you, I, it's either, do you do it seven days straight or more? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was seven. Okay, so yeah, I think it's seven days straight, 30 seconds on, 15 seconds off for nine minutes. And then you do three of those mm -hmm. every day in one like session. Yeah. And you would think that by the last day, your legs would just stop working. Yeah. But what was interesting on my numbers last year or it might've been the year before. I don't remember. It's all a blur. But um, in one of those hit sessions that we were doing, my numbers kept getting better and better and better, which doesn't seem like it would make sense. But then by the time I got to the race, I was the strongest that I had ever been after those things. Like breaking down your muscles so much and then not really having that much time to recover. It, I, don't, I don't know how that works, but it did something. It worked some magic. Yeah. Well, the really interesting thing about that is it's like, that's not a sustainable practice. Mm -mm. Like, doing that for your whole yeah, off season or whatever, cannot. you literally have to do it like right before you're racing. So you yeah. make sure you peak. Like that's the really interesting yes, thing yes, about yes. That's that. One, yeah. That's what he did during like right. our peak, whatever it is. Cause it was before our first race that he started doing that. Um, and then we never did it again yeah. after that. Yeah. That's, that, that's the literally the perfect way to do it. Like I looked into it after to like kind of understand some of the science that was going mm -hmm. on behind it. And it's really interesting. Like if you do that, Long term, you're gonna wreck yourself. Mm -hmm. But like and leading, talk about burnout. Oh that my god, make you burn out real quick. And that's so miserable to do. Yeah, you know, in twice a week or whatever. Inside every day, and it's like, yeah, it's not fun. It's I not actually, fun I got so tired of doing intervals on the trainer, like just regular intervals, like mm -hmm. you know, the three and five minutes or whatever. Yeah. I got so tired of that. I found places to do them, mm -hmm. and I have two killer outdoor interval spots. Three, but like two that I really like. Let me in on that because I. I'm down to not do intervals inside any day. I'll take you on one of my interval sessions. I, it's it's on a road bike. There's a mountain bike it. spot to do it, but it's I not. I prefer not to do intervals on I mountain bikes. I agree. I feel like it's harder to control your heart rate. Well, not only is it harder to control your heart rate, but you have to like worry about other things. And, yeah, like and, rocks or bushes or people. Or yeah, and whatever. if you're pushing super hard and you like crash. Yeah, that's a kind of a damper on your yeah. interval. <laughs> yeah, so like get up off the ground. The the one spot that I have is really good because it's like a steady gradient the whole way. Okay. So it's like pretty challenging. But yeah, I was doing that right before my competition. I was doing that and I was I was doing um I was doing four five minute interval sessions. And then I like would change up the times that I would do like three minutes or, you know, whatever. And the amount that I would do mm -hmm. and I would change it up mainly because I wanted to see where I was in terms of fitness. Like there was one day where I just did as many as I could. Mm -hmm. And I topped that at like nine <laughs> and it was really, it was so bad. Like uh, the last one I was like, not really doing well. Like yeah. I'm just going to be real. I went from like, I think I went from averaging like 20 miles per hour to averaging like I think like 13. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, yeah. So it wasn't that great, but, um, yeah, like the interval spots that I do are great. I really like them. I have a really good tempo spot. It's, I have some cool outdoor places to do it. Like I actually, one of the, one of the ones that I do for my tempo, mm -hmm. when I started doing it on the team, Bobby was like, dude, these numbers are great. Where are you doing this at? Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I told him, I was like, I do them over here and it's like a great spot to do it. He's like, man, I didn't even know. And yeah, there, some of the other teammates and I, we, we were working on spots to do outdoor intervals mm -hmm. and we found a few good ones. Yeah. Yeah. And Inter outdoor intervals are cool. 
It's so much better. It's so much. I mean, obviously you don't get power, which sucks, but like, <laughs> yeah. And you, if there's like wind, it's not as motivating, of course. But. Very true. But even then it's still a little bit better than being inside all the time, especially yeah, if definitely. you're burnt out. It gets old. Yeah. Being inside on a trainer. Totally. Sure. And, but those, those indoor training sessions are very important. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, as far as I, I know, we've talked about this many times outside of the podcast diet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. As far as diet, like, are there things you want to change? Like, what do you, where are you at with your diet? So last year when I was getting super serious about racing, I saw a nutritionist and she did some blood work. Oh, I know who you saw. You do? Is it, um, I always pronounce her last name wrong. Boucher or Booches or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I don't know how to say it. I, I'm not going to try. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby recommended. Me she's great. She, she's yeah, great. She's awesome. She's so intelligent. It's yeah. crazy. Um, but she did all my blood work and she told me everything that I needed to work on. First of all, I take in a lot of sugar. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm sorry. Where do you work again? (laughs) Nothing but cakes. Yeah. (laughs) Respect. (laughs) Yes. So there's a lot of cake that's happening, but I mean, carbo loading, dude. (laughs) It's it's got its time and place. No, it's, I should not be eating cake as much as I do. Listen. You can say that all you want. And I've said that too. I've preached that as much as anyone. And you know that. Yeah. But why the hell do you see all these pro road racers eating like whatever they want? Moon pie. Like there's a guy who was like around here who races for Trek. Like Mm -hmm. he's like Trek Segafredo team. Guy is nuts. Mm -hmm. Super crazy. And I saw him and I said, hey to him. I was like, hey, what's up, bro? And he was eating a Twinkie. I was like, dude, what is what is going on here? You're yeah. eating it on a ride. Mm-hmm. He was eating a Twinkie on a ride. I was like, yeah. what? I don't see, I don't know about that, but um Oh, he swears by it. I asked him. He he was like, he's like, bro, this is the I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> okay. So, um other than my sugar intake, um I also take in a lot of sodium, which is mm. actually can be good for like muscle cramping and That's stuff. That's pretty good actually. But um I I do have like I have aggressive amounts of salt. Mm. Like it it's probably not healthy like for your heart and whatnot um so i'm trying to stop doing that but um another thing she said was that was the most interesting part to me was you need to be eating 120 grams of protein a day yeah your body which is so much for me i how do you even do that like i already drink protein shakes all the time like i don't know how i can get more protein in my body gotta get that that beef yeah it's it's a fact i yeah i guess so but i and when i was trying i was still not getting 120 grams like that's so much protein is there like a supplement you can take or something for protein it's literally just shitty protein powder like the i when i was when i was training for my comp my last comp in Mm -hmm. i think it was december I had anywhere from like 200 to 250 grams of protein a day. And I wasn't, how? how? And I wasn't, I wasn't supplementing. It was all in my food because I would eat an entire ribeye. I would eat like an entire ridiculous, like, I mean, I'm fine with that. I don't care. I ate such a ridiculous amount of food just to make sure that I was hitting all those metrics properly. Mm -hmm. But it was really hard. Like, it was really hard. Yeah. And obviously I don't weigh uh, the, the general rule for like bodybuilding and stuff is like one gram per pound of mm-hmm. body mass or whatever. Yeah. I was way over that, but it was mainly to try and encourage recovery and like muscle building and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, uh, people can t- contest that all they want. But I mean, honestly, like it was so tough for me to get that amount of protein. It's so much. It's so much. And it, uh, looking back, like it, it's 
it's really hard to not feel like you want to throw up when you're training <laughs> if you're eating that much meat. Yeah. I got used to it and it like ended up not being that hard at the end, but it was tough to start. Like, mm-hmm. cause you just feel like you want to puke all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But if I, if to give you some excellent diet advice, uh, for your salts, just diversify your salts. Like don't, be taking like iodized table salt. I've like been better about it lately. Himalayan salt, uh, Irish rock salt. Like there's so many different kinds of salts that have different like electrolyte profiles that mm-hmm. are phenomenal. Yeah. So definitely like go with those. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like increasing your protein intake, like meat, just, just like as much, yeah. as much red meat as you can get. And I like people, yeah, that's what she was saying. Red meat. People talk trash on red meat all the time. I and, love red meat. And it, well, I mean, from like a from like a performance perspective, like there's so many people out there who believe like it's the devil. It's so bad for you. But like, honestly, I feel like too much of it can be bad for you. I well, I'm allergic to chicken, so I don't eat a whole lot of other meats. Yeah. And I genuinely like people at the gym that I was training with were like, I cannot believe how strong you are. <laughs> people thought I was on steroids. So like. And it's funny because like, you know, I, I know so much about steroids and like I, I'm pretty knowledgeable. So like people generally kind of get the idea like, oh, yeah, this guy's done some juice before. Just do a lot of research on random things. Yeah, totally. And I'm glad you know that. But like so some of the people were like I was like, hey, man, I started peptides. I was talking to this one guy from the gym. I was like, I started peptides, man. I feel good. Like my knees feel great because it helps with like with like joints and ligaments and stuff that like don't really repair from like very well normally. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I feel great. I feel super strong right now. Like if I could train right now, dude, oh my God, it'd be a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, I think it could be like a legit steroid cycle. And he's yeah. like, yeah, man, we all kind of thought you were on the juice, bro. And I was like, no, I wasn't. I was not on the juice. Like I, this is the first time I've injected peptides ever. And he's like, are you sure, bro? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you sure? <laughs> no, I mean, but like, it's f- obviously like, when you're a pretty decent athlete, you're going to get accused of stuff like that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I, it's not like I'm super offended by it, mm-hmm. but it's just like, at the same time, I'm kind of bummed that like people are like, oh yeah, yeah. this guy got really good because he's taking steroids. Not yeah. because I was working super hard every yeah. day, training outside of the gym, absolutely. doing weightlifting sessions. It's a bummer, you know? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just checking. We're still recording. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, whatever. But um but yeah, protein is a super important thing and sure. sh- drinking a lot more water because I don't drink a lot of water and it's, it's, I don't know why it's so difficult to drink water. That's why yeah, you have that huge ass that's thing. I'm literally, like, I have this small little hydro flask and this is like a lot of water for me. That's like, literally why I bought this though, <laughs> is to encourage me to drink more water. Like, yeah. Because, <clears> you know, there are times where it's like, it's so funny when I had like a smaller bottle, I'd be like oh man, I need to drink some water, but like my water's almost <laughs> out. So like I should save my water. So like I wouldn't drink water yeah. because I didn't want to go and refill one. my bottle. <laughs> so I was like, you know, what? I'm just getting a big one. Best, best thing to do. Ridiculous quantities of water. Yes. Water is so important. Definitely. Um, to, you're still, you're still good to go. You're, yeah. Chilling. Okay. You don't want to quit don't you, don't you have an MRI at 10 o'clock? I Okay, so I do. <laughs> it's nine forty-two. Um, okay. So what's gonna happen next? I, I, I'm gonna touch a couple more topics. Okay. And speed run. Yeah, speed right. run. Speed run. Um, briefly, uh, what was your upbringing like? Go into as much detail as you want. I'm joking, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. So. 
my mom is my rock. She's supported me through everything. Your mom's dope. She's so dope. You you know my mom. She's she's a legend. She's, she's a legend. She's such a legend. She's like my best friend, honestly. And a lot of people are like, oh, your parents shouldn't be your best friend. But my mom's my best friend, and you can fight me for it. I don't care. If it works, it works. It works. It's awesome. We're homies, and it's great. <laughs> um, so my mom is just like, she's... She does everything. She's my mom and my dad. It's awesome. Yeah. She, I, I make that joke all the time to her. And she's like, why do you say that? Because I'll be like, you're my mommy and my daddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> She's like, don't call me that. Your mom really does work hard. Like, she, She's such a hard worker. And yeah. she not only does she like do everything for me, she's, she runs her own business mm. too. And that's a whole lot of work. She does 100 pools a week. She's a badass pool cleaner. That's pretty, yeah, that's a lot. So, yeah, she's just sending it. She's, she's a badass lady. I'm going to be real. She's a complete badass lady. Yeah. I'm so grateful for her. I mean, she she does everything. She I don't, I don't even know. Um, So that's mostly my upbringing. My mom is my upbringing. My yeah. dad's, he's around, but he does not support me in the way that she does at all. He's, he's never come to a race before. He's never, he's never really done anything to support the things that I love. So I don't really focus on that too much, but my mom, yeah. she's the she's the greatest. What I will say is you are pretty independent and so much. And I feel like being an only child helps with that. I'm I think so it's pretty, I think it's a useful skill like that you've kind of developed via your upbringing, mm -hmm. which, so I, I just wanted to say like, if there yeah. was one good thing that came out of it, I'd uh -huh. say it's, it's that, but yeah. like, there's probably other good things. I'm just, you know, yeah, that's one of my favorite things about myself. And so many people that are my age are like, I cannot be alone. I need to be talking to people yeah. 24 seven all the time. I need to be in a relationship. I need to do all this stuff. And I'm like, a lot of people don't realize is like, if you can't be happy with yourself, you're not going to be happy in your other relationships. Totally. If you can't be alone with yourself, how are you going to be with someone else? Like yeah. doing like creating relationships, relationships in your life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one of my favorite things about myself is how independent I am. Uh, yeah. And what I will also say is that so many people your age are useless. Sorry to, <laughs> sorry to put that out there. Yes. Uh, I agree. But no, so yeah, I really, you know, obviously I congratulate you for like actually setting yourself apart and working hard. And that's something that you're seeing a lot less of now, like, especially as people, you know, as the newer generations are coming up and stuff, like some of the kids, like so I look at some of the freshmen now and I'm just like, man. If you saw the freshmen that are at our school now, it's completely different from when you were at yeah. our school. Well, like, I all I know is that it's gotten worse and worse every year. I there's an account that I'll show you later. Oh boy, <laughs> I, I will say it's bizarre. I've noticed how, the quality of athletes have gone down. The yes, quality of people so has gone down. Yeah, like years ago, like when I was a freshman, like people were just weird. Mm -hmm. Like that was the normal thing. Is people yeah. were just weird as freshmen. Mm -hmm. But then like. The next year and the year after that, people started like jumping on sinks. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. You've seen that video. That oh my, I have the video. I also so, have the video. Yeah. So people started doing stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, like what is going on with freshmen now? Like the, yeah. it, it just became super bad. But yeah. So I feel like, especially in like sports and stuff too, it's like at an all time low. Yeah. Like that used to be the big thing. Like everyone does at least tennis like you said yeah, like, yeah yeah like everyone has like at least a sport or like a hobby they can do but now people just don't have hobbies like yeah no people you're, it blows my mind let me correct you on that people do have hobbies but it's standing in front of their cell phone camera 
Go like that. Yeah. Oh my Jeez. god. <laughs> Do not make that noise. Stop. Everybody does that. That's everybody's hobby now. Oh everybody's trying to be the same person, and it's really weird. Literally. Yeah. Oh so. God. So congratulations for not doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I try. Yeah. <laughs> so be unique a little bit. Sorry to just shit on everybody under the no, age. No, please of... <laughs> do. Please, please keep doing it. Yeah, but um, they need to change. They really do. And and what's a bu- what's a big bummer is those people are gonna have a really hard time in the real world. Yes. Or or they're not. They're just gonna live in their mom's basement. They probably will do that. Yeah. Um. And okay, so. What are you doing for school? Like, I know, I know we talked a little bit, but like, what do you have like a plan for school? Yes. So my plan as of now is to go to Moore Park for two years and get my general education done. Respect. And then I'm going to transfer to a four year. I haven't decided yet if I want to go out of state, but I would love to go to like Colorado or something. I, yeah, I would love to go out of state, but also I think I would get super homesick um, so I don't really know how that's going to work out, but I'm definitely transferring to some four year college somewhere. Um, but, uh, right now I'm in, I want to be a firefighter. So I'm still. in a bunch of, yes, very cool. Still, thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm doing a bunch of like first responder classes. I took anatomy last semester. I'm taking a emergency medical responder class right now. And then last semester I also took medical terminology and, public safety careers. So I'm getting ready to be an EMT as soon as I'm 18. You can That's go, go into the program. Um, since you have to be an 18, I, what did I just say? You have to be an 18. Yeah, just continue from 18. there. That's a great sentence. <laughs> just go from or it's, there. It's late. Um, you have to be an EMT for a year before you become a firefighter. So I have to do that anyway. So I might as well take the EMR class that we have at our school. That's like an intro to EMT course. So that's putting me on the right track for that. And I'll, I'll be doing that throughout college, but I'll still be racing here and there. I want to be on like a collegiate team or something. I think that would be pretty cool. They have a really sick one in Colorado, which would be yeah. nice to do. There's a cool one in Santa Cruz, I think. Yeah, I'm sure there is. There's yeah. a lot of crazy trails over there too. So that'd be awesome. But yeah, um, the goal is to be a firefighter. And so far that's the plan. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be something that I'll be really good at and enjoy. And we know I love adrenaline and I think yeah, yeah. that's, that's a good job for that. So. Jumping straight into fires out of helicopters yeah. and like large land boats is yes. basically the, the most adrenaline yeah. inducing thing you can do. I and what's that. really cool. And what I, I just want to say is that you have basically stuck with that since I met you pretty much. Yeah. That's been kind of the thing you wanted to do, which mm-hmm. is very commendable that you stuck with that. I, yeah. It's crazy. Like so many people, my age like have no idea what they're gonna do and I've known what I wanted to do since I was in seventh grade yeah which is I'm so grateful that I know because to be like to not know what I want to do all the time would be horrible it's pretty it's pretty crazy trying to figure out what you want to do but I've I know what I want to do I think I'm gonna be good at it and I'll do my best to get there for sure. I mean, yeah. And your best will definitely make you pretty good. So just Thank you. yeah, be happy with that and look forward to that. Thank you. Um, do you have any like sponsors you want to shout out or anything? Instagram? Sure. Okay. So Instagram is Sydney Phillips, S Y D N E Y underscore underscore Phillips P H I L L I P S. You got it down. <laughs> yes. I've never actually said it out loud like that before, but there you go. Um, I just got onto the Monster Army team, which I could not be more stoked about because 
I know some people that are on that team and it's pretty incredible the development that they help people like go into like they're amazing. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. They're I, a great group of people. So they, they were around when I was doing moto and trying to do that. Yeah, and, yeah. They do a bunch of sports. They do moto, surf, ski, yeah. like mountain bikes, all of that good stuff. So that's my newest addition to my sponsors. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited about that. Um, and then I got EXT, which is a racing shock. They just got me a new fork, which I'm super stoked about. That's it really cool. Feels incredible. So um, EXT, ODI grips. Um, I'm trying to think. Minesweepers, of course. That's where it all started. Yep. Uh, my first sponsor, their tire inserts. Amazing. Thank God for Brian Parker, the owner. He, yeah, he's another person who shaped my racing everything. He, he's beast mode. He's beast mode. He, beast he mode. guided me yeah. to racing. He taught me where the races are. He taught me what to do. He's amazing. Love him. Um, and then... Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, Rhino Power um, Sports Supplements. Let's They're go. Amazing. Ryan Hughes is the best. Yes. Rhino Power. <laughs> Hell yes. Ditch your neck brace. Ditch your knee braces. I don't want to see him. Ryan Hughes is the man. He has been the man ever since I was two years old. He's a god. He, really he's pretty is. cool. Yeah. He's pretty cool. Dope guy. And then uh, I think last but not least, 100% goggles, glasses, helmets. They're awesome. And then I have some more announcements coming up soon oh. so that'll be fun all right well uh if anything else i can just include it in the description if you want to add that later or whatever so perfect cool um all right i think that's it all right you got anything else i think we're all good okay. thank you so much for having me yeah thank you for coming this was great this was a solid two-hour yes, podcast yes yes this is awesome yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much for watching that was the inhuman performance podcast episode four and that was sydney phillips <laughs>